up, Sassnacks. It's Chelsea back for another episode of the Sassnack Files. This week, I was joined by my friend Angela Hickey from Outlander Cast Clan Book Club and Queen Bee's Hive on Patreon to discuss everything we can look forward to in Season 7. But before we get to that, I want to take a moment to remind you that you can find the Sassnack Files on all sorts of listening platforms, including iTunes, CastBox, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and many more. Also, if you have not had a chance yet, make sure you head over to follow the Sass Snack Files on both Facebook and Instagram to make sure you are up to date on all of the latest and greatest news concerning Outlander Season 7 and anything Diana Gabaldon cooks up. And with all of that out of the way, let's get into everything we can look forward to in Season 7. I've been looking forward to this for several weeks now, and holy crap, if we did not pick a good week to do this. So kind of a few announcements before I have Angela on. Um, I'm not really concrete on what I'm going to be doing over the next couple of weeks because I just started a new job. And I'm trying to figure out how that's going to work with my podcasting schedule. The plan right now is to do a couple of um, like one-off episodes just kind of to keep you guys in the loop and do some different stuff. I had talked a couple weeks ago, well, actually a couple months ago now, about doing a discussion on my favorite extra and deleted scenes from the series so far. So I think I'm going to do that next week. That's the plan. And then the week after that, if I can get this stuff finished, I'm planning on doing my review of waypoints. It's not going to be a live discussion or anything like that. I'm just going to kind of chat about it. It'll probably be a relatively short episode, just my recorded reaction to it for you to view as a, or listen to as a regular podcast. So that's my plan tentatively over the next couple of weeks. Like I said, a lot of that is going to be a very fluid schedule because I did just start a new job and I'm trying to still feel it out. As far as what my time allotment is, and also I'm trying to get the Emerald Brooch Book Club put together, so that is also monopolizing my time as well. So after the Emerald Brooch is over, I might temporarily, not permanently, take a step back from book club or take a step aside for a little bit depending on how overwhelming this is to kind of keep it going, I guess, because I do with my old job, I had three days off a week. And now I'm working a regular schedule, which is great for my social life, but also gives me one less day off a week, just kind of keeping you guys in the loop with that. And I will always post when I have new episodes up. So if I can find Angela, we will bring her on and get this shindig started. We picked a good, we picked a good time. We did. I'm glad we've actually things to talk about. I know. This is your final warning. For anybody who does not like spoilers, do not watch further. We are covering the end of book six, all of book seven, and anything that could be included from book eight. So Yeah, I was gonna tell you, remind you to tell people that. Yeah. <laughs> because so about the eight. Because people might not be want, thinking that. Yeah, if you don't want to know what's going to happen, then leave now. <laughs> or forever hold your peace. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get messages about it later saying, I thought this was a no spoiler zone. These episodes are full of spoilers and I'm warning you now. Yep. We're covering the gamut today. And I'm Angela, by the way. This is Angela. Angela Hickey from 
Outlander Cast Clan Book Club, Queen Bee's Hive on Patreon. And she also has her own Facebook group, Queen Bee's Outlandish Hive, which you can join and get all kinds of good stuff. She does. She covers all kinds of Outlander. Come on. And we're all like a big tea. We're sisters. We're sisters. (laughs) We're sister. We're sister pages. (laughs) Hey, Jessica finally made a live. Yay. (laughs) All right. So, yes, if you want Outlander-related content, Angela's your girl. So go check out her stuff. All right. And it's Queen Bee's Hive on Patreon and Queen Bee's Outlandish Hive on Facebook. We're going to talk a little bit broad spectrum first today. We're going to talk about anything like out there that might affect the overall structure of the season as a whole. And then we're going to get more specific as far as casting announcements, plot points we think might be included, things like that. So we're just going to talk broadly first. And the first thing that I kind of wanted to touch on was it's just a slight tweak, but um, Sam and Kat moved from producers to executive producers this season. So, and what is the difference? So, I think executive producers are more like on set presence and have more of a. I I almost want to say they they have more of a say, like when it comes to story structure and like the scripts and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. That's kind of I think because I think a producer they just kind of sit in on things and like they have a voice, but it's not as loud of a voice. Here's what I thought on it. Um, just my own thought on it. I remember before when they were just the producers, they said something about, you know, that the that the scripts come by them and they get to leave their notes on the script. Right. And I think executive producers are more involved in all the meetings and the plannings and the Zoom conferences among the exec producers where maybe just the producers, they get like a say, get the right notes on the script that when it goes passes around all the people and stuff. You know what I mean? That's what I thought, but I don't know, because I know you're more hip to all the jobs, so I figured I'd ask you. (laughs) I mean, I definitely think that an executive producer gets more of a say in, like, what the final look and overall structure of the show is. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that that'll be good, especially, you know, I really honestly noticed a very big difference from when they started stepping up as producers in general and, like, the character cohesiveness i guess they're they bring that to this show absolutely there's so many writers going in and out all the time that some of them are more in tune with the characters than others and you get these really out of character moments with that but i Mm -hmm. think that that's really what they brought to the table as producers like like before the only people that the only people that were constants was matt and tony and meryl Mm -hmm. right you know but they're not the actual people that are walking in the shoes and have mm-hmm. like a real sense of the of the character like the actors do. Yeah. And I think Diana herself also is, is very pleased about it because she feels yeah. more like they want to do their character more justice. Yeah, I think I think it's exciting. And it's one mm-hmm. of those things that's like super understated. But if you know, if you know it ahead of time, you can probably notice the difference a little bit. You're probably going to notice the difference, but you're not going to notice why it's different. It's one of those things. But um, another thing that's kind of exciting is that they're kind of, this is what gives me hope for season eight a little bit is because they've given Kat a step up and they're like, oh, you're interested in directing? Well, how about you do these Outlander untold scenes and see how you like it? So um, 
I was really happy about that too, because that shows yeah. that they're like interested in keeping her happy. They're you know? giving her like, it's almost like an OJT opportunity or something yes. like, 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 let's give you this, this way. If it, if it doesn't work out well, it gives you a chance to do little mess ups and stuff. And then if it's mm-hmm. really great and then we get a lot of positive, you know, mm-hmm. wow, the untolds were so good this year, blah, blah, blah it kind of gives her like another step toward directing. I think she'd actually be a good director because she's very, you know, all of this, all of this, sorry, I'm doing this because I got, the, I, this no, is the hour that the sun is in my, in my face. <laughs> all the other, the other, the other staff, I was going to say, the other cast are always saying she's so smart. She's very like on top of things. Mm-hmm. I think she'd do great directing. I don't know if it's because they're trying to give her just support, but I think they really believe that because they've all said that all along from the mm-hmm. beginning. You know, like she's the glue of, yeah. you know, really kind of, you know, making everything work. She understands everybody's. The other thing is, as a director, rather than these directors that come on and go, you know, and are only their brief time she working with there. these people and work with a lot of other people, you yeah. know, because they're doing a million other things. It's like us, like we say about, you know, when you have your things spread around and you start to mush out the lines and you start to mush your thing, you're not as zoned in. Yeah. She is very zoned in or not just herself. But all the other roles, you know what I mean? All of the other actors, all of their strengths, you know, because she knows them. She's been working with them for years. So she's going to know how to like what to tap into with different strengths of actors. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like she knows how to work, how to, how to like maneuver where, okay, you know, what's going to really work for Ian in this scene? Cause he's so good. Like John is so great at this. You know, and she's going to know how to pull like the best out of him because she's used to working with him and knows what he does great, you know, where a director doesn't have that kind of like a a coming in director for the first time or second time doesn't have that same kind of insight. I always think that directors that have some sort of acting experience are always the best kind of directors anyway, because a huge part of a director's job is pulling certain emotions out of people and like giving them the right in for a scene. Like you're looking Mm -hmm. at it this way, but maybe on this take, why don't you try looking at it this way? Or you're focusing on this emotion or this part of the scene. I want you to put more emphasis on this portion just to get different takes so that when you get to the editing room, you have more choices as far as what an overall scene is going to look like. So yeah. I totally agree with you. I think that that would be a huge strength for her is like. The only thing I don't know as far as she goes is how well she understands like camera and, and directing mm-hmm. angles of, you know, like the, the techie yeah. stuff. You know what I mean? I think that um, her, cause they, I saw an interview with her um, mm-hmm. and she was talking about how her experience on Belfast with Kenneth Branagh really helped her. Like he was very supportive of her goal to ultimately be a director and I think he helped her a lot to kind of understand that kind of stuff so um I think she's definitely learned a lot over her course of her career which really really started with Outlander so um yeah I think that it's all a learning curve but I think the Outlander Untolds are a perfect place to start yes it gives her like a a a splashing ground you know (laughs) for sure it's like it makes her feel like she's growing because she's made that comment before that if you ever feel like you're stagnant, stagnant, that's the time to get out. But as long as mm. I'm getting new opportunities and growing as an actor and in my career, I'm happy to stay. And so I think that's kind of where they're throwing her a bone a little bit. They're like, okay, if this is what you mm. need, we'll give it to you. Yeah. And I, I also think that for her, 
you know, that's one of the reasons I think this show is so long lasting compared to what they all thought it would be is because these actors get like almost a whole new vibe each season because of the way the books are and the way it's structured. So it kind of does give them challenges each season Mm -hmm. to do things they didn't do before because it's not repetitive. Exactly. Mostly. Something else that we, (laughs) I told a couple of you that I would, we would address this, but we're going to put this out there. So we're talking about the writers for this season so far. There was something released, not formally, but a rumor Mm -hmm. that is going around Mm -hmm. that the first six episodes have been turned into what is the writer's guild or whoever has to be turned into before it can be I don't know they have to turn it in and so apparently there are six different writers attached to the first six episodes of the season Matt Roberts allegedly did not write the premiere which Angela and I both have a hard time believing so this is why we're not entirely sure that it's true because the showrunner 99.9% of the time writes the first episode of the season because it sets the tone for the season so especially for this season and this show you know it's such a this particular season has so much complexity to it Mm -hmm. it has so many like it has basically three storylines three narratives you know um main narratives and um possibly four if we get this which it looks like we are getting the split of the max so that brings it into a like another reflection to tell Mm -hmm. and you're breaching over three seasons the end of six all of seven and a little bit of eight probably so i think that you know to turn around and give something and it's a 16 up season where it all has to feel cohesive for 16 episodes rather than 12 so i can't imagine him just handing that a to definitely not to a new writer that has never worked with Outlander before, yeah. and not even to like one of his, you know, like uh, you have down here Daniel Barrow, which right. yeah, she's experienced on Outlander, but that's a lot. This episode has to carry a lot of weight. It has to somehow like pull everything from six because of it being shortchanged a little, and work it all into something that's going to tail with the end. And they got to do that before they know they got to write that before they know they had a season eight. They have to create it in a way it'll work either way. I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. So I just can't imagine Matt giving that to somebody that hasn't been proven to do that before. I would see him first. You know how sometimes he co-writes with with Tony Mm -hmm. an episode? I would see him maybe taking on like Daniel Barrow and co-writing with her the 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 um the premiere that I could see like it being a co-producing thing and maybe he didn't get on that list because he's automatically part of it or something he's a producer he doesn't maybe that's what it is but I just can't imagine him wholesale giving the premiere to somebody it just doesn't not with this season especially so my thing is the only writer that I could see him maybe allowing to write the premiere other than him or co-writing it with someone is Tony. She's the only one that has enough experience to be able to do that. And this same report that's saying this is saying that Tony wrote the second episode of the season. So Mm. if this is to be believed, this is what the report says so that everybody knows. It says the first six episodes are all written by women, four of whom are new to Outlander, and that 702 was written by Tony Graffia and that Matt Roberts did not write the premiere. That is the report. So that means that Matt Roberts didn't write any of the first six episodes, 
Tony Graffia wrote the second episode and and then there's one other female writer that is has been in the show before that has written an episode somewhere in the first six episodes, which would have to be Danielle Barrow. I think she's the only other one that has has a legacy of being with Outlander across the course of several seasons. So, and from the season six podcast that I listened to, she had every intention of coming back for season seven and had been in the writer's room, I believe. So that's the only other one that I could think of that would be a female writer that was a veteran of the, of the writer's room that could be. And then I'm like, but there's no, there's just no way that they would give Danielle Barrow the premiere. There's no way. So that's why I'm like, I don't know. That's why. There's so many, there's so much um, that needs to be done and it needs Mm -hmm. to be done well to pick up because some people were upset that they didn't get all the, you know, like, I just feel like it's too much. Um, Yeah, Connie, Diana did write one but hers is supposedly in the back half of the season if i remember correctly i have info yeah <laughs> i have scoopage i have scoopage um, when were you planning on doing the scoopage for that one i didn't have it on my sheet yeah right here I right here next okay. thing. you right. said decent episode but oh, which yeah, one it just wasn't right. so okay i have go. some great scoop on season seven and this is a biggie I went to this conference, this writer's conference with Diana. She was one of the people at the conference and I went to one of her things and she got very spoily. So I sucked it all up to include for us today. And we, and I asked, I actually asked this question because I was in the virtual and I sent forward a question. I expected her to say, you know, well, I can't say blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? But I yes, figured I did I'm write anonymous. An episode this season. <laughs> huh? I, yes, yeah, I, I did write an episode right. and you'll see it when you, when, you know, when they're ready to tell you, you'll know which one or something like that. Yeah. But I, I figured I'm, I, you know, because she knows me a little, you know, by my name, but it's anonymous because they just say we got something from those virtual people. So I could figure I can just kind of be bold and ask a question and be like one of these newbies that that didn't know any better. So I said, you know, I asked her, uh, we heard, I heard that, you know, you wrote an episode this season. Which one was it? Did it film yet? And do you have any difficulty when they make changes to your work and then want you to write that episode? Is it weird for you, you know, to write, write something different? Like in, like in Journey Cake, you know, Mm -hmm. how in Journey Cake, like they had the whole, well, they won't, the the, the fake going to the stones and they didn't really go. Like all of that was not what she originally wrote, but she had to write it for their beats, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so she goes, just write out. Oh, yes, yes. I did write an episode for, ep- for, for season seven. It is episode 714. No, they haven't filmed it yet. She says, she said she plans to go out on set and watch when they do film because that is always fun to see how it happens. Now she also has said she is home for the rest of the year. She's done. Her, her traveling crap and for the year. And she said she figures she'll be back in Scotland in February. That kind of gives us a picture of that her likely, that her episodes on 14 will likely film in February. And that likely means it's that the they block. will probably, they will probably be done filming in April, maybe early May at the latest because they don't, then they have another block after that, you know, 15, 16. But she said um, that writing an episode is more of a technical challenge than anything. As far as changes, they show her everything. Um, and then she says, but that doesn't mean they do what I tell them. It means I have the privilege of offering them my comments, which I do as diplomatically as possible, which is not very. She said, 
Everybody laughed. And then she said, I told them when we began, because I always warn people when I'm going to be reading their work or looking at their work, that I'm not in any way mean or vengeful, but I am extremely blunt. And they should bear that in mind. They may not like what I say, but they can trust that what I said would be honest. And that's actually a fairly valuable thing if you want useful commentary. She says she tries to keep it down, always starts by saying, this is really mostly good, or I like this part and that part. And then I say, but you should consider if you do this, you won't be able to do this very important thing that happens in the next book. So if you think we're going to have a season eight, maybe you don't want to do that. So now I kind of think that's another indicator we are going to have a season eight. For her to even bring that out in the writer's conference and frame it that way, it kind of makes me think she wouldn't have said that if it was off. And they would know now whether it was on or off. At this point, they have to know. They have to know. And I, and, but that's just my speculation on that. And I do have some thoughts or theory on what's going to become covered. Knowing that information, it kind of led me to like really think about knowing all of this stuff that's been released so far and like what we're seeing them filming now and all of that kind of stuff. I've kind of got an idea. I think I know what they're doing on structure. So I don't know if you want me to go into that or do you want to talk about her doing 714? Do you have any? um, Everybody, I'm just reading the board as you're talking. Um, Mm -hmm. everybody's like, oh, we know what that is, the big event. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think that's probably pretty likely since it's that far into season seven. Obviously, there will be other stuff attached to that. And, um, yeah, as far as what they were filming this week, that, that's been the big hubbub. But, um, Mm -hmm. I think you were right. We were, cause I was asking her, I was like, I don't want to put this online because I don't want to stir up a bunch of crap, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) I need to talk to somebody about this. And uh, so we were talking about them filming in Liverpool, which if you guys, I know a lot of you are, are uh, following that. Um, it's been all over social media. I posted some of the higher quality pictures on mm-hmm. the TSF of Snacks for you guys to look at. They literally shut down a whole street in Liverpool for like three days, four days, something like that. And, um, and Chester. Yeah, and, and Chester. Chester. But Chester wasn't quite as long, I don't think. It was they one day. Yeah. It was one day. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely think that they were utilizing that, like getting everything filmed there that they need to get filmed there all at once, mm-hmm. regardless of what episode it was in, which hats off to the actors for that one. You could be filming an episode from episode six one day, and then the next day you're filming a scene from episode 12 and then 16 and then back and forth so mm-hmm. you have to have really good directors for that yeah i think that the idea of that is you know we were talking about this on messenger mm-hmm. but yeah i definitely think the i like everybody's getting all whacked out about it you know yeah. like oh my god but i think the idea of it is that they need to do all their external shots mm-hmm. in one place that is going to be involving external shots for that so it's got to go from anything that's going to be in Philadelphia, that's an external shot and maybe the whole last four episodes or whatever it is, you know what I mean? So they got, you know, just because they're filming something that you think should be near the very end, don't take that like they're, they're filming that whole episode now. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And so yeah. why? But I have a that, theory. Yeah. And this is, I have a theory as well. So <laughs> it's, it might not be the same theory as yours, but it's not really a theory. It's just a conclusion that I've made. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. So since they are filming all of this, right? Like they mm-hmm. just filmed it this week. And then we've, I, I think we've kind of seen this happening over the course of filming anything that gets leaked. We're like, Oh, why are they filming that now? Or, Oh, what's that? 
So this kind of tells me they're not planning on splitting it into two parts because they're using these practical locations and getting all the outside shots for that location all at once. And they've been doing that a lot throughout the course of the season, I think. So if they were planning on putting the first half of the season out earlier than the second half of the season, they would have had to film those, those shots on location a lot sooner than what they're filming now. Unless they're all in the back half. They could be. Yeah, yeah. they could be. I, I think we probably would have heard by now if they were splitting it into two. Like, I would be really surprised at this point. Here's what I'm just, I'm jumping ahead of my theory, but, um, but I'll go down to that since you're talking about it. Since they're filming the last episode in April, mm-hmm. if I'm think if we're going with that, I think it's possible that they premiere in October to get the New York Comic Con splash. And mm-hmm. if they do that, they may take a holiday break. Like, mm-hmm. like you know what I mean? It would fall yeah. that the eight episodes would fall and end like mid mid December or mm-hmm. you know early December. Take like six to eight week holiday break, come back in February with the back half. So it's not like this huge break, but like a small break for the holiday break. And that gives them a little more time to add mm-hmm. more t- post time on the back half. Yeah. So that's what I'm thinking they might do. If they do a break, it would be that. It won't be this huge break. It'll be mm-hmm. like a holiday break craftily put in that way. Yeah. You know, and then be doing a big splash for New York Comic Con mm-hmm. because it I was- would fall like right around the premiere. I was thinking the absolute because before we kind of started getting more information on how long they were going to be filming and all of that, I was thinking probably the earliest we would get season seven was June. But um, as things have kind of progressed and we find out how long they're going to be filming and what exactly they're filming and when, um, I think that it's I was thinking earlier today that probably the absolute earliest we would get anything is the end of August, beginning of September at the absolute yeah. earliest. Yeah. I think that, but yeah. And I think it, I'm thinking it's going to be October and yeah. they'll, cause they're running going to want to catch the beginning, that New York comic-con, they might even do the premiere. At New yeah, York they might. You know, it may yeah. work out like that. You know, if it's going to be like premiering mid October. Which you is know, normally the first full weekend in October, correct? Correct. Yeah. And I think that all kind of feels like it works out time-wise, you know? Mm-hmm. But if they are breaking, that would allow a break, even if it's just a three-week break over the holidays. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think that, but I don't think we're looking at some, you know, four-month break like season one or anything like that. No, mm-hmm. I don't think so. So you want to hear my theory? Yes, of course. As I was uh, thinking about this whole thing with Diana writing 714. So I was thinking that in the beginning, they needed to plan this season cohesively from the start, not knowing if they would get a season eight. Mm-hmm. And as mm-hmm. we know, they could not possibly end the whole series with where the end of Echo is. You know what I mean? Because there's just too much fragmentation of the end of Echo to do that. They needed to plan a way that they could close it down at the end of season seven if they needed to. You know what I mean? The other thing is, if they do get a season eight, it may be a deal like we're going to do a final season eight. Uh, it's going to be a 10 episode season, like that type of a thing. Because, you know, on a lot of these shows that are long running, look at Game of Thrones. The last final season isn't usually a big, long season. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's like a 10, like a little less than what they normally get, you know. So it might be that where they got to figure having a little more of eight in this season to get in everything they want to get in for the next season. So the first, so what I'm thinking they did 
is that the first two sections of Moby wrap the storylines of book seven. One section wraps all of the past storylines. One section kind of closes the closes the loops on a lot of the map storyline section mm-hmm. two. So I think they had DJ, uh, DJ, Diana, I have written here, uh, DG. So I, I think they had Diana write 714 and then they left themselves an option A and B were 15 and 16, but they mm-hmm. needed to end 14 where they could take either of those directions with the last two episodes. And then as they find out that they're greenlit for season eight, they could then pick A or B, right? So I think on the max, they could have Buck and Roger go back and like the first section of Moby, they discover they're in the past. They meet Galus, Dougal Bryan, and then Bree would have her encounter with Rob, find the dead eye letter. They do the hot and cold thing to find Jim, uh, and go to Fiona's. And then that would hold off how they wrap the last two episodes, depending on if they have a season eight. If they got word that they have to wrap the series, then they would drop Roger's dad storyline, Tobias, Brie and America storyline with Joe. And for the penultimate finale aspect, excitement aspect, they might do the shootout thing and then have her like escape to the stones and then have like as Roger is coming back to go to Brian's before we he finds the little Mm-hmm. The little necklace thingy, you know, the tags. That's when he like finds Brie, you know, and they have that whole scene. And then at the end, in the finale, you get the hello, the house. You know what I mean? So I'm thinking they might have done that as an out. Then if they are extended and they do get a season eight, they could turn around at that point and then go through the whole ordeal, you know, set it all up and it would end with Brie going to America, you know, after she has the shootout maybe in the finale or the penultimate episode, going to America, um, and Roger, either the discovery of his father's uh, dog tags with a word that Randall came and have that unit kind of be the suspenseful finale going into eight, or even, which would be cool, to end it on their storyline with a knock on the door at Lollybrock and then them opening the door and say, hi, I'm the new you know, and have like Tobias do a little cameo at the mm-hmm. end of seven and say, I'm the new commander, sir, for, you know, Fort William. Yeah. And I was told to bring this to you for Roger McKenzie, you know, and then produce the dog tags and everybody be like, you know, yeah. like, oh my God. And that would be the thing leading into the next season for them. So it kind of gives them two ways to go if they stop right at that point, but it still mm-hmm. makes their story exciting enough that there's some stuff there for them, like finding Galus and doing all that mm-hmm. stuff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's what they're doing there with that. Um, likewise, on the Jamie and Claire side, okay, their first section ends with Bartram's Gardens mm-hmm. and John having to swear to be a continental soldier. Which would be a great ending, right? So, you know, if they, so I think we, like, we literally get three days of the, uh, after the, the big event, you know, we're not the big event, but Jamie, Jamie waking up, Jamie coming back on the scene. So option A, if they don't get season eight for them would be do the, do the follow up, but John escapes and maybe even, you know, Jamie helps or they kind of have to do something to repair that a little. Jamie and Claire hook up at Bartram's Garden and then decide they're going to head back to the rich where then again, Bree and Roger come and meet them, you know, or whatever. And then we get the hello, the house thing on the, you know, at the end. Yeah. But if we get a season eight, 
then option B would kick in and those two episodes would stay on track for Monmouth. John would get captured, escapes, decides himself as a militia officer and the finale ends with him swearing in as a militia officer, which would be like, oh my God, you know? And at the same time, Claire and Jamie, after they have their Bartram's Garden thing, and then she wakes up in the print shop in the morning and they say, Granddad has a surprise for you. And she leans over and he's in continental uniform and he goes, I'm sorry, Sassanac or whatever. And yeah. like, and knowing these two forces are going to come together in this place, he's going to be a general. It's kind of like, it's a great ending for that. So that's what I'm thinking. I'm mm -hmm. thinking they're doing those first two sections. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if we're getting a season eight, you know, yeah. and I think they gave Diana the job of leaving the options open that either one can flow out of her episode. Do you know what right. I mean? Yeah. Um, personally, I believe we're getting a season eight. Yeah. So that's my thought on that. And also, if they do it that way, that means the finale would include the fight between William and Ian on the road. You know, mm -hmm. it's like they're going out. It would include him hooking up initially with Jane. All of that would be included in this season. That's what he grabs his grabs his arm. Yeah. I think this is what you're gonna do, you know. Listen to and then me, hooking up. Like carefully. I could see all of that. The end of that 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 episode, that first section, I could see that really being in the last two episodes yeah. as like you know, uh, finale stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? Because it kind of wraps Echo. All of that stuff kind of brings some kind of a furtherance to all of the cliffhangers and Echo. So it would be a good way to end the season. You know, if yeah. you go into the first two. Yeah. Um, those first two things. And I could see them kind of ending with that unveiling of him in the Continental General uniform and saying, as she say, it's Jesus H. Roosevelt Christ. And him saying, I'm sorry, Sassanac, I had to. <laughs> <laughs> like the little hang dog, you know. Please don't kill me. It's not my fault. <laughs> George Washington hurt So, you know, you just bang the shit out of me all day. And then when then you tell me this, this crap, you know, typical man. <laughs> all right. He's not screwing up his frumpy pumpy. <laughs> yeah, I know why you didn't tell me this before we had sex, because there would have been no sex. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Take it. So back. that would be, a, that would explain out. like some of the stuff they're filming that seems like it's season eight. All of that stuff happens in those first two sections. Yeah. Or, and then like even more after that. So it would kind of explain, okay, they still have things they're filming. So that's right. what I think. I'm kind of getting that vibe now that I know what episode she filmed, but how that leaves like this last block. Yeah. Kind of in, in reserve over here to determine by the, like maybe like by season, by the time they filmed, say episode eight or episode seven, they would know which right. direction and they kind of have a, uh, a rough draft of two different ways they can go on those last two episodes. Because if it has to end the series, it has to end the series. It has to be, a, it's a whole different ball game than ending a season. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So it, it, they really had to be prepared to go two ways. And I yeah. think that would be a great way to be able to block yourself to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. Yeah. That's pretty comprehensive. Yeah. <laughs> You know me. That's what I do. I'm comprehensive. I'm just like, yeah, that does make sense. I never would have thought about that, but yeah, it does make sense. Yeah, because I think that's what's throwing me is they keep including all of this stuff. It, it appears that they're 
filming all this season eight stuff, what we would expect to be season eight stuff, book eight stuff. And uh, so that's one thing that I think is freaking everybody out. But yeah, I think that. That would include Benedict Arnold giving her the ride to Bartram's. But that would also mean we get Cal. Like, that's why I said, depending on if my theory is right, some of this stuff and the other things that we were kind of saying would be till season eight would be actually in play, like Sylvia and, you know, all of that stuff. It's so So, crazy. Like, when you think about it in that, like, comprehensive, wide view lens, Mm -hmm. this season, if they do that, is so huge. Yes. So huge. (laughs) Mm -hmm. All the stuff that literally all the. It'll be a fabulous season. It'll be a. I think it could it could easily be the best season yet. It'll be a bang, you know, for sure. You yeah. know, it, it will be because it has everything, you know. It expands the secondary characters. It, it you know, cr- has a lot of drama. It has famous figures and characters, you know, of history. It has battles. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it has so much stuff that happens and yeah. interesting, like, emotional beats and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. with the big event and all that kind of stuff. So, um, it, it's going to be a doozy. And, and now, the only is- thing that makes me nervous is when they were doing, when last season ended, season six ended, one of the comments from Meryl was, we had to go, and because we had such a limited amount of episodes, we had to stay on a very bit narrow path and just stick to the plot points of the story. But in season but in seven, seasons- we have 16 episodes and we can really explore things. And I, that always makes me very nervous when she talks like that. You know what I mean? I'm like, well, please don't go, don't go invent a bunch of shit. There's enough shit in the book. You don't need to invent drama. You know? It could just mean <laughs> like that they are going to have time to explore William and explore John and explore ian like all of those things that we get like bits and pieces here and there but they're they're not like main oh, I, characters. I, if that's how she meant it great but i just feel like the way she the way she the way they phrased it it was like no it was tony that said it that's what made me nervous about it. tony <laughs> said we had to stay very close to just the temp poles and really just get the story oh, the I main thought it was Meryl. and I she said but when we get to season uh, you know, seven, we have 16 episodes and we love having room, you know, to do things. Yeah. You know, we got things we're doing and I'm thinking, oh God, <laughs> <laughs> don't do things, Tony, please stick to the story. <laughs> but Diana has said that they, that every year they're getting better and better and better with staying close to the book. She <laughs> says they finally have learned more that that's what they need to do. Like they don't need to reinvent the wheel a lot, you know? So. Right. What they have is good. Like just mm-hmm. build off of that. You know, that's why it's like international bestseller. It's yeah. for a reason. Here was my big question. This is our last structure talking point, but mm-hmm. this it's, it's kind of a biggie. The way that echo is written is very confusing for a lot of people um, up until about the middle of the road, um, the middle of the book, because you have so many different timelines going on. Mm-hmm. So even the stuff that's in the 18th century, you've got Williams, you've got Johns, mm-hmm. and you've got Jamie and Claire and Ian's. They're all right. staggering. William and, William and John are pretty much 
are kind of on the same path. They catch up you know? really quickly. They're like, you know, because they both start together in, mm-hmm. you know, in, you know, when, yeah, when they, he makes yeah. the, the whole plan with Richardson and stuff. So they kind of are on their track, but they're on that track when, Don, when Claire, when Claire, when Brie leaves, like when they see each other in Wilmington. So yeah. Whereas when we start, but the thing is, we're not starting there now. I know. So That's that what, is all going to sink back up again because they're right. not starting where they start in the, you know, we're still four episodes back, you know, so they so can sink all that in now. Right. So that's why I am thinking more and more that where they ended season six was a better option than maybe they initially thought it was mm-hmm. because now they can combine everything happening with Jamie and Claire that happened and Brie and Roger that happens at the end of book six and make it coincide with all the stuff that is happening with John and William at the beginning mm-hmm. of seven and write it all together in one season mm-hmm. versus that staggered effect that's so disorienting to everybody. Mm-hmm. But, and then it would um, just be kind of two. It'll just, it'll just be, be like time. And, the 20th and that's, century and that's only after they go back, which they're not right. even back yet. Yeah. Right. But I think that, I don't know, I'm just so excited to get William and John in there as like 100% main characters for the first time and see them. How do you think they're going to alternate between, you know, the the 20th century and the past? Do you think it's going to be like an episode that's like wholly focused on the Max storyline one episode? And then like, you know, like, is it going to be that way or are they going to go back and forth, back and forth, like cut inner cut? I've I have my thought, but I want to know what you, yeah. <laughs> I have struggled with this a lot. <laughs> um, I can see the benefits to both. Mm-hmm. If they can find a way like they did with the beginning of season three and mm-hmm. interconnect what the characters are experiencing on an emotional level so mm-hmm. that they are, like you've got Surrender, for instance, in season three. Where that was the underlying theme of the whole episode, whether you were mm-hmm. in Claire's point of view or Jamie's point of view, that theme combined their storyline. So if they can find a way to do that with Roger and Bree and everything happening in, in the 18th century, I think it could work. I think there's not enough of a, like the audience, show watcher only audience doesn't gravitate enough towards Brie and Roger to them to hold their own episodes for them to hold their own episodes right yeah so that's what concerns me about that potentially being an option okay so here's what I thought on it It, and then like I said we're all just speculating here we have no clue you know yeah this is this is just like how I would do it if I I guess if if you want to say that is that I think they're going to have like a a two-to-one type of plan where like every other episode, there's no Max or something. Like yes. not not that way, but like where half of the episodes only have the Max in it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and the other, they're not in the other ones type mm-hmm. of thing. You know what I mean? Because there's more story over here than there is over here. You know, but I think the ones that they are in will be like will still alternate between the two. You know what I mean? But it'll be a more of a a weight in the in the max storyline you know what i mean yep. so i think it's going to be like we get we get um two all you know for every two episodes of of uh Eight the Claire story. Story. yes we'll get one of that has the 20th in it yeah you know one of those two will have the 20th in it and like out of those maybe 
half of those will have more of like a heavy concentration with maybe just a couple scenes that Mm -hmm. that kind of keep you you know tied into like some parallels or something like that Mm -hmm. um that connect you to the thing so it'll be like half of them are like you know it was kind of like season three because you kind of said what Mm -hmm. i was thinking in season three you had some of those episodes where you just had a couple little sprinkles Mm -hmm. of of claire's storyline with um you know, with thing like little vignettes that they wove right. in, but then there were some like episode five that really was weighted into their episode, mm-hmm. and where, or you know, or season four where it was very weighted into Jamie's story mm-hmm. with just a couple little droppings of, of you know what of Claire, you know, very bare. So I think that's what it's going to be where you're going to get a couple of their. You're only going to see them in half the episodes at all, you know, and mm-hmm. that's what I'm thinking. And then in the half the episodes that you see, you'll have some where it's very concentrated in them with just a couple, you know, you'll have like maybe three or four where they, they get a lot of concentration, where they have a meaty part of their story. And in other, the other rest of them, it'll kind of just be smatterings that keep you invested. You know what I mean? I so think- that's kind of what I'm thinking. So another thing that I've kind of thought is, I think for the most part that yeah you're pro- you're right on the the maps being spread out over the course of the season after they go back. I but think not in every episode, not, not in, every in every episode, episode. like every other right. episode. That's why, mm-hmm. like, just you'll see them pop up as the storyline needs them to be there. Like you know, like meanwhile pop- back on the ranch, you know, yes, it'll be that exactly. kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's probably how they will do that. But what also there are a couple this is a two-parter so I'm curious and I know this is further down on the list but I'm gonna bring it up here because I had thought that we know they have the twins Matthew and Andrew playing Jimmy for at least I know I have have myself I have my I thought that was later in our little chat that's why I said I I'm bringing it up here because I think it's gonna kind of feed into this theory that I'm I'm, okay. It's a working theory. So mm-hmm. we know that Matthew and Andrew have filmed as Jemmy for part of the season. Uh-huh. And we know that they're mostly filming in order, but not necessarily always filming in order. So, and we also know that they're done. They're not filming mm-hmm. anymore. So that could mean a couple of things. It could mean they they recast Jemmy to or to an older child for later Mac stuff. Yes. Or it could mean that the season, and this is what I'm wondering, the season was front loaded with everything Brianna and the kids. And then they're going to filter in in the back half with Roger and all of that. Because what I've noticed is Sophie's in the United States. She's not filming right now. Now. Yeah. So, so that's that, why I think there's that there's episodes where they don't have any, right. any presence. Right. I think they're skipping episodes of them being in it, which so, is probably that like they appreciate that they get time off. But I was <laughs> wondering if there was going to be, Because I just felt like they had Andrew and Matthew there for so long. Like, we saw them filming bits of filming all the way through, what, like, block four? Something crazy like that? Like, the first eight episodes? 
And so I was like, I didn't, I didn't know that. I, I mean, I saw them at the stones, but I haven't seen them doing anything well, in the we, past. I in the, I follow the, the anything that looked like, uh, you know, in the future time, like them dressed as future time. You know I what I mean? I haven't that seen I've that. I've been following their Instagram and they're, okay. they were constantly posting pictures in their trailers and stuff like that. So but were they dressed in modern clothes? They weren't, they were okay. just in their regular clothes, like playing between okay between t- takes or whatever but that's well, what I'm, I'm saying. hoping like, that they didn't we know that, they're, that they... they go back before episode eight like we know that so i don't know i that's just me speculating like we've said like this is not by any means concrete but they did film for a very long time like longer than i would have expected i was okay with them filming up until they go back through to stones mm-hmm. because that would make sense film with the little kids and then whenever they you pick back up with them two or three years later in 20th century have different kids but whatever anyway they could be showing they could have been showing like when they first arrived like their path when they first arrived they could have a thing where because we just jump right two years Mm -hmm. ahead right they might show something of that where they maybe the little kids would you know the the twins would be a part of it but they have got I mean, I'm going to be very disappointed. Oh, yeah. I'm going to just tell you, if they didn't recast Jim Me and too. Jermaine, really, but definitely Jim. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Because these kids, this is like, it's like Fergus. You know, we Fergus. That's the level of 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 awareness and acting and all Emotional that stuff that, that Jem has. Exactly. Yeah. That Jem has to have, you know. And I think it does that character such a disservice to have these kids just because they like these kids. Like, you know, yep. you got to do what's right for the show and for the story. So yep. I'm really hoping that they didn't do that. How are they going to film half the stuff that goes on in that story if Jem is just... They can't. That's you know, what I, they can't. That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm yeah. like, okay, so did they just cut a bunch of shit out? Did they recast people? It concerns me that we haven't seen them filming pretty much anything like modern ish or like even mm-hmm. we we do have modern day like shots of sophie and all of them that we've yeah we, we saw sophie going to the bar with with rob. uh with the face rob yeah mm-hmm. and which is after they have their after they give her the torture thing in the chamber yeah. in the in the tunnel, tunnel. yeah but i feel like if they're going to do that then they got to have the bit with jemmy in the tunnel and if they do that, you can't put this little bitty kid and have him do everything that Jem does yeah, and no. figure shit out Absolutely. and run from people chasing him and yep. all the other crap, you know, that happens, you know, in that mm-hmm. storyline, you know, him getting, I, I just would be really disappointed if they did that. So Me I'm too. hoping that they know not to, but. So the other option that I had, that was the one wondering uh-huh. if they were going to do it that way. The other option that I thought might be a thing is to have, like they did in season six, character-centric episodes. So have people popping in and out of the story, but like have one episode that really focuses on what John is doing. And then another mm-hmm. episode that really focuses on Ian's story when he mm-hmm. maybe goes to see Emily or whatever. Um, right. Another one that focuses on William's story because we have 16 episodes and that would get give us a really good way, I think, to get to know all these new people that we're going to have. Um, I just, but I they are them. a lot of them. A lot of them are interconnected, though, especially as you get right. further into so the story. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I think season six did a fantastic job with that. And 
like especially with like the Ferguson Marsley stuff, it's very focused on their characters, but you still see mm-hmm. everybody and mm-hmm. like how what they're all doing around that story. So I think that that mm-hmm. would be something that they could easily do. But I just feel like they need to give William room to grow very quickly in the show so that we mm-hmm. don't have this disdain for him that we seem to have around Roger and Bree in the show universe. Absolutely. Like, and, need... and I hope they don't go overboard yeah. with his obnoxiousness or whatever, you know. Yeah, exactly. They, t- they did that well with Roger with Amy. They mm-hmm. toned it down a little yeah. bit. Because if you weren't invested in Roger as a character, you wouldn't get yeah. his op- his choices mm-hmm. in the way it was in the book. It was a little right. a little bit of a more of a pill to swallow in the book, but mm-hmm. that but you understood his heart in it. You understood yeah. Roger, so you right. could deal with it. Whereas they knew people don't get Roger, and that's right. their own freaking fault. But that's beside the point. <laughs> yeah. uh, but they know people didn't get him, and so why are we going to throw him more under the bus? So they banged right. it back a little. So hopefully they do that poor William because people yeah. already didn't like him the way his they thought he was a little snobby kid or whatever in in episode four six four yeah. six so you know uh they were like I don't like that kid my husband don't like I don't like that kid he's a little snot nose and I'm like oh don't pick on William <laughs> I mean I'll be honest he kind of rubbed me the wrong way and mm-hmm. when I first read Echo it took me the majority of the book to be like, okay, I think I like this kid. And I feel like I'm pretty open-minded compared to some mm-hmm. people. <laughs> so I feel like I'm not necessarily like make a first impression and that's my impression of you forever type person. But yeah, you have to be open. Yeah. Um, I just, I want them to think very carefully about how they present this character and mm-hmm. I want it to be done right. And I hope that they give time to show actually who he is instead of this bratty you know entitled teenager you know like I want people to see how awesome he is so Mm -hmm. I think that they're on the right track based on some of the stuff that I've seen that they are filming it's all going to come down to the writing honestly I don't think it'll come down to anything else other than the writing and I really hope and I think we're going to see a lot of the Ian and William and I put that in my notes on some of the things that you wanted Mm -hmm. to highlight I don't think they're going to pull back on anything that's William and Ian related. Oh, they shouldn't if they, they, shouldn't, if they no. do. Um, because that that's stuff's where you gold. really grow to love him is in Yes, that, that so. stuff is gold. Yeah. And it's so important for their arc, mm-hmm. which I think is going to continue in the next book even, oh, you know. So, so um, uh, you know, so because he goes on that whole rescue mission with him and all that stuff. Start, spoiler alert. <laughs> so, um, so. You know, I think you're good. So it will be important that you had all of this backstory right. established, you know. Yep. Um, and if you're going to include, if you're going to do what I thought at the end, where you're going to include that kind of as part of this penultimate or finale episode, that whole fight they have on the road mm-hmm. and all that kind of part of the thing, like you, you know, my cousin and all that. And they have this whole out. Like, I think that will be. You know, like a great, like you have to show the whole build of their arc mm-hmm. up to that, you know. So it doesn't I think have the punch. Have... It doesn't have the punch you need it to have if you don't understand where these characters started versus where mm-hmm. they're at. And I could. And not even just the characters, but the relationship of yeah. the characters. You yeah. need to show all of that between them. I think that that could very well, like you said, be in the finale because that would be a fantastic arc 
for that relationship over the course mm-hmm. of that season. William really feel starts to feel this kinship with Ian almost. Mm-hmm. And then it's just utter and vice versa. On and vice all, versa. Yeah. Like it's just on all sides. Like that I really think like, they're gonna be like a, a Jamie and Biggie and two point That's I what so. I wanna see. Yeah, I, I want to really see that. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like a brother almost. Just Yeah. Well, I'm you're right, man. Right. Willie's even left-handed. Well, I mean, not in the show, but in the book. You know, so he could even say that then, too, you know? Should we talk about some of these characters? Yeah. have been on for an, over an hour. Yep. <laughs> I, and I've been trying to just kind of, yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so you wouldn't be mad at me. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about this, all the casting announcements that we have had. These are people that are 100% confirmed to be in season seven. And then after we discuss all of this, we're going to kind of go into who else is left and do we think they're going to make it in? Yes or no. Why that would be important or not important. Rod Powlett is going to play Benedict Arnold. Were you surprised that they like just threw that one out there? They're like, well, go. actually I was because, because I kind of found that, that the people that they listed felt like they were majority, the Mac, the Mac story, you know, mm-hmm. most of the people that are in this list are the, the, or the Mac story or are Scotland story. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, you know, cause it had Joan and whatever, mm-hmm. you know, so you know, it was the only two that were not was Mercy and Benedict Arnold. Um, so it's kind of like, okay, why those two? You know, because there's a lot of other characters that are part of that other side of the story. Why uh, yeah. these two? You know, it kind of was strange. And plus, there are people that don't even come in till closer to the closer toward that backside, except for Saratoga, Benedict mm-hmm. Arnold and that. But still, well, I, uh, you had me on to discuss this casting announcement when it first came out. So I will, after we get done running through these, I'll tell people kind of what I said on your show so that if they didn't see it there, they yeah. see it here. <laughs> but, um, yeah. My little so, impromptu. You want to come on? <laughs> um, sure. Rob Cameron was announced. Yay. Chris Bolton. You guys may recognize him from Bridgerton. So familiar face there. Uh, yeah, Gloria. it's such a different character, you know, but he yeah, looks very much the part. such a different character, like complete mm-hmm. 180. So it'll be very interesting to see how he does with that. Um, I'm just going to run down these. So if you stop me, if you have something. Um, mm-hmm. Gloria Obiano, Obiano is playing yeah, Mercy. The only, Mercy. Which tells us a lot. Which uh, tells us a lot. Which you say at the end. So I'll just yep. hold off on talking about it. <laughs> Nell Hudson is back playing Leary. Mm-hmm. Andrew Whip is back playing Brian Fraser. Stephen Cree is back playing Ian Murray. We've got a recast of Jenny Murray. That is going to be Kristen Atherton. Absolutely. I am so... Whenever Happy. I read that, I was like, praise Jesus. The Lord, <laughs> yes. That is one Thank of the you, God. best pieces of news I have heard that's Outlander related. And the second was they recast Buck, too, which yes. I was also thrilled about. Yeah, so <laughs> the Armin... I wasn't, I wasn't down with, like, the oh, whole yeah. thing of going with Graham for that whole thing. I mean, I love Graham, but wasn't right. Exactly. So yeah. that yeah. was uh, Darmaid Murtaugh, by the way. She yeah. froze in case she froze yeah. for you, too. The Armin playing Murtaugh. Buck. Graham McTavish is back playing Dougal. Layla Burns is back playing Joan McKimmy. 
And lot she's of, 17, which is perfect, it's perfect. I think, you know. Yes. Yep. A uh, lot of Verbeek is back playing Galus. Mm-hmm. Charles Vandervaart has been cast to play William Ransom, ninth Earl mm-hmm. of Elsmere. And I have a Diana D. Did you want to just... share it now or do you want to? Yeah, sure. I'm, okay. I kind of yep. just put it in for this. Yep. Go for so um, just to, this is just a deed to say kind of how she's like her opinion of them and stuff. Um, so she said, this is where we see like this. She was talking about the season in general. And she said, this is where we see William as a young adult for the first time. And the actor playing him is a nice Canadian Charles Vandervaart. And then she told a story about how when she came for the Fergus games, Charles was visiting his mother who lived in Fergus and invited her for breakfast. So he Mm -hmm. like she got to have like some really good one on one time with him or one on two, if you count his mother. Um, And so before going, her her husband told her to ask how often he was called Vanderfart in school. (laughs) Um, And everybody laughed, you know, and she says, so I mentioned it after we kind of knew each other a bit and we were talking and laughing and we felt in comfortable terms. Um, And she said, uh, you know, and he left and he said, tell him every single day, you know? And, and then she says, really, though, he is a very lovely young man in every sense of the word, Good. she says. He is nearly as tall as Sam is and really looks like he could be an offspring of Sam and Hannah James. Yep. He's done a really great job so far, and we look forward to seeing more of him. That's another little kind of tweaky thing yep. about season eight to me, you know, like yeah. if you want to read between the lines. Right. Go ahead. Continue. I just wanted to share. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's good that I'm glad that they keep getting these amazing people as cast members because I feel like it just takes that. And he really one... does look like a cross between them. I think he does. You could, you know? I mean, the mouth looks like Hannah James. He has more of a girly mouth than Sam does. Yeah. So he kind of has that, that like where, you know, in the book, he's supposed to have his mother's mouth. Yeah. You know, think, like that's kind of what they say. I think his eyes are look more like Hannah too, but like overall face shape and the nose is Sam. Um, right, so, the color though is Sam is more blue. Is blue? It's not brown. No, or Hannah's eyes more... are very blue. Hannah's eyes are. Very, oh, that's very right. Blue. You're right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. You're right. Yeah. So I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad they didn't have him have brown eyes because that would have irritated me. <laughs> yeah, me too. That would have been really bad. Like all of these two blue eyed parents having brown eyed kids is like getting them really old. Just like the kid, like a red and a brown haired person having a very blonde child when their parented (laughs) uh, paternity is in question with a blonde other father. It was just a. (laughs) I mean, at least go with brown hair, you know, or dark hair. You know, if you're going to not go with the red. Go with like something that fits this picture. Yep. Um, hopefully they do with the recast. If they do a recast, Fingers which crossed. I hope they do. Fingers okay. crossed. Okay. So we got two more casting announcements. And uh, mm-hmm. we have Joey Phillips as Denzel Hunter and Izzy Meeple Small as Rachel Hunter. Any thoughts on the Hunter siblings? They're big. Yes. They're kind of big ones. You mean on what I think of the casting? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I don't know enough about them, to be honest, but I, they did that one little promotion where you kind of they talked a little in, in, um, you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Mm-hmm. They kind of did like this little, hi, we're the hunters, blah, right. blah, blah, you know, type of thing. And so I got a better feel of it, you know, and seeing them in, mm-hmm. co- in character a little bit more, you know, mm-hmm. and stuff. 
I mean, it's not the Denny that I pictured per se, right. but you know, I'm cool with it as long as they kind of keep his yeah. character in play, you know. So yeah, um, I'm really anxious to see how how it all turns out. I'm really excited. Yeah, I know they're going to really develop the whole stuff with Rachel and Ian because I know that that Meryl said, "Oh, we're going to get more into all the Ian story." Like, you know, she loves Ian. Ian's mm-hmm. her favorite character, so yeah, she really over over like make sure that we don't miss a trick, you know, right. with his story. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, yeah, I think that. Izzy was pretty much exactly what I had pictured for Rachel. Joey was a a bit more of a stretch. He wasn't really what I was expecting, but I'm like you. I'm mm-hmm. open-minded. I mean, prove mm-hmm. it to me. Show me why they yeah. gave you the job. Like, you know? Yeah. So I think- Yeah, you know what? I haven't seen a show reel or anything of him or other, like, him acting. So I really, yeah. like, I feel like I'm in blind territory, you mm-hmm. know, whereas I've seen some of these other announced, announced people, you know? Yeah. So... Um, but they really do usually a good job as far yeah. as finding talent, there's, you know what I mean? Even only, if they don't look uh, like the whoever. There's only a couple people that they have cast that, and I always give people a chance. I never jump to a snap conclusion about who they cast for anybody. I always wait until I watch it. And there are only a couple of people that I'm just like, yeah, that was a miss. Like, that was a miss. But um, other than I, for the most part, like I'd say ninety percent, I've been very happy with with mm-hmm. who they've cast, and I can see why they put them in that role for sure. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so what I was saying about the the big casting announcement that we got with Benedict Arnold, Rob Cameron, Mercy Woodcock, that whole list of people. This is what I said on Angela's show. Them choosing these people looks like these characters to kind of announce who's playing them. It looks very random from the outside. And you're like, why are we getting all like, this is such a smattering of characters and there's like no rhyme or reason to it at all. But I think that it was very intentionally put this way so that for people that know what they're looking at, it hints at a lot of what we're going to see in season seven. So Benedict Arnold really hints at okay, we're knee deep in the revolution at this point. We're going to see a lot more historical characters and historical events going on in this season that people are very familiar with versus things that are happening back that Americans may not be familiar with that part of history. This is really going to tune into things that people are familiar with. So we may get more themes with him than what we got in the book if they're going to make a thing to point out a casting and they're going to make it somebody notable like you know i think that means that right because in the book we see him when he visits you know claire's tent thing and then we see him again when they when he goes into philadelphia and he gives her a ride to barkham gardens and all that so i think they'll use him more if they're going to bring him in this this new guy and i think mm-hmm. they're gonna they, and for them to announce it early i think he's gonna be more featured than we see him featured yeah. in the book yeah do you think they're gonna use the same actor that they used for george washington in season four they normally don't change actors when they do that they normally just mm-hmm. pop up again and you're well they like, brought oh, yeah. back you know andrew whip they brought back all yeah. these other people you know what i mean right. andrew whip is like season one yeah. you know yep. so you know they haven't said anything about how but, you know, like, Sandra Whip was a long time ago since we've seen him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So for him to come back after, you know, what has ever been eight years or something, yeah. that means if the people are available, they try to reach back mm-hmm. for them, I think. Yeah, so they I probably agree. will try to reach back to that guy. 
yeah. you know, that played George Washington. I just, he, he was okay, I guess. We didn't really see him. And we don't really much. see him unless we get the Sylvia yeah, thing. Exactly. You know? Yeah. It, you know, so that that's, you know, depending on if we get where I, if we do what I'm thinking they might do, then we would might see him. You know, I and that might we, be something they do for the finale, like as part yeah. of the finale too, to yeah. cook it up, you know. Rob Cameron, we got the casting announcement for him, which tells us that we are getting the Max storyline and they are gonna have all of that. Like we're not we're not leaving them out. Like they do go back through the stones and we are going to get all of that shindig. So we get that information from Rob Cameron's casting announcement. Mercy Woodcock hints at a little bit more of the gray storyline. It hints at the fact that we're probably going to get the gray siblings, i.e. Yep. Adam Henry and Dottie. We're probably going to It's very odd them. though that they announced Mercy without announcing Without Henry. announcing them. And that's yep. why I'm wondering if and I, I still, in my heart of hearts, believe this, even though we don't have it yet. I feel like we're going to get a Gray family casting announcement. We're going to have Hal, Henry, Adam, Dottie, John, and William. We'll probably all, we'll probably get like a family portrait or some sort mm-hmm. of cute thing like that um, mm-hmm. to kind of announce that whole portion of it. So I think mm-hmm. that was just their sit tight. We're including it. We know you haven't heard anything yet, but it's going to be there. Type thing. I think that would be awesome. Yeah, I you said that, that in my show. And I think that would be awesome. You know, yeah, I like that idea. Yeah, I think it's so like, it's very artsy and like gives people like, oh, oh, <laughs> you know. Um, and then we've got the big reprisal announcements of um, Leary, Ian, and Jenny, uh, which hints at the return to Scotland and that whole um storyline coming to pass. Yeah, and the Leary and dead. Joan the Leary Joan, and Joan yeah. thing was a big hit, you know, because they could have easily excised that. Oh yeah. If they wanted to. So like yeah. that, that that tells us we're gonna get the whole, you know yep. Joey. We didn't get Joey. <laughs> <laughs> but we're gonna get that whole storyline yeah. and um and, is, and all of that because I loved that portion of it. Like I mm-hmm. I really liked it that really kind of it's been this dangling thread throughout the whole series thus far of whatever mm. is going to happen with this. And so I think it's going to put a nice little bow on that moving forward, which I'm really excited to kind of close that door and like get Both closure. Door, yep. yep. So we've got all of that. And then we've got our um, 1739 storyline hints with Brian and Dougal and Galus and all of them. Mm. So we're getting lots and lots of understated little hints that us book readers would understand what these casting announcements mean, whereas show watchers are going, what the hell yeah, is going on? Yeah, what the fizzy? Yeah. Well, you know, honestly, the bit with um, with Buck McKenzie going back and all of that, I kind of think also, you know, they loved to, one of the things this show loves to do is play bait and switch and mm-hmm. and you know mislead you with their promotion let's yep. put it that way that goes all the way back to claire doing it doing the little preview of claire saying mm-hmm. that mrs fitz in the mirror i'm from the future you yep. know and everybody flipping out you know being like what she doesn't tell mrs Fitz she's from the future and it was like a big misdirection yep. you know this is what they love to do so it could also be like they knew it would throw everybody into a yeah 
Oh my God. Is it the end of the, is this the end of the show? This must mean that they're finishing the whole, you know what I mean? Like it would put everybody into a a panic about that. You know, it's all very calculated. Um, Yes. They like to do that. They like to like torment people (laughs) and they gloat about it on the, on the, when they do those shows, when they do the um, podcast, they gloat. Yeah, we like everybody. Yeah. We fake this and that, and you know, and then we forges all. Like you know, especially Tony, she cackles. She literally cackles. <laughs> I mean, thing. we get on Diana Gabaldon for having an inner sadist, but you know, I think we're leaving out some very important people. Like every single mm-hmm. one of these showrunners and executive producers is just as guilty about yep. doing that. There, that it was a very calculated maneuver that casting announcement. Um, it definitely mm-hmm. gets people talking because it did produce a panic. Yeah, everybody started panicking like this must yeah. be the last season. So I, you know, because oh my god, they're putting season eight stuff in here. That must mean it's the last season. They're trying to wrap everything. How are they going to do that? How are they going to do that? Yeah. There's too much in the eight to cover to be able to squish it in, and yeah. you know, I had wondered anyway, and I remember asking you about this if they were going to take any of the Mac storyline from Moby and bring it in to season seven because they don't have as much material to sink into as they have in previous books in Echo. They do have some stuff, but yeah, I think I was a little bit worried that they're going to shortchange some of the earlier stuff, you know, by showing that that soon, you know, doing filming, you know, Buck and, and Roger in the past. Um, because I'm thinking, are we not going to get, you know, like all of the stuff that's, that's, that's interesting about, you know, like when, um, you know, like the stuff with Jemmy at school and the stuff with, and and the stuff with Roger going in to give him hell and saying, you know, what the hell, you know, you're going to have this lady pull my kid's ear and whatever, you know, all this stuff, the time travel talks and I don't want, you know. I just, I, I don't know. It'll be interesting. That I, I think they must be cutting the fort thing, maybe, you know. I, I know. mean, it honestly, I hate to keep coming back to it because I know, know it's a sore subject, but it all comes down to whether they are planning on recasting Jimmy or not. If they mm-hmm. don't it recast does. him, they have to cut most of this out because those boys, I'm sorry, are not emotionally intelligent enough to do half of this mm-hmm. stuff or three quarters of this stuff, honestly. So mm-hmm. they just can't do it. If they I agree. Uh, I agree. So that's that's what it all boils down to. If they're going to keep half of the Mac storyline, then they're going to have to have a, a more experienced, more mature little boy actor in there for that. Absolutely. And they should want that. They you know, they yeah. wanted to get a really dynamite kid to play Fergus, and they mm-hmm. did. And, they and did. look how much people loved him. Yep. You know, like you got to get somebody that's really going to be a, like everybody's going to just like suck mm-hmm. up to this kid, yep. you know, more than just this little kid going, saying a little word here, a little word there. That's, you know, you got to go beyond that. Yeah, for sure. Um, All right. So those are all the people that we had confirmed. And now we're going to run through the list of some of the people that. We think we're going to see, but not quite sure how they're going to fit in or who they're going to cast or how much they're going to be in the show, etc. So um, the first one on my list is Dottie, because mm-hmm. I think that she's going to be in the show. If they don't, I'll be pissed. I'm going to have you words. Have to have. <laughs> yeah, because you got the double, you know, like there's things that... 
you know, and they're gonna especially if they're gonna make a big thing out of Denny, like yeah. that's his. That's his. So love. I can't imagine they're yeah. not gonna. That's his. That's his honey. And it's funny, funny. her storyline is like hilarious it about is, you know her coming such... in with her fur, not just fur, but fur of royalty. You know, like um the ermine fur. Yeah, yeah. and <laughs> and you know she comes and then she drops it and she's in this little sack. I think that would be hilarious on the show. You know, she has um, such um she's very much comedic relief, especially in Echo. I think mm-hmm. in Moby she starts to become more settled in herself and like become more of a character but um honestly she's so good like she's mm-hmm. such a good character i hope we get her i know initially i was like i'm kind of worried that they're gonna not have her but seeing that we have 16 episodes i mean she is really central to the story well, so yeah um I think it. she's one of the I think things. in a lot of the scenes, she's in some of the later scenes in Moby, too. A lot of them with the, all of the, you know, um, Mammoth, you know, like yeah. she's involved in that storyline, you know, so. And I think that she really helps to bridge the gap between, I mean, obviously you have William, but she helps to bridge the gap between the Greys and the Frasers by being connected with the Hunters. So... Because, you know, yeah, William technically does that, but William is at such odds with who he is, even after he discovers that he's Jamie's son, that it's really hard to kind of have that emotional connection. You've got John, but even John and Jamie are at odds for most of book eight. So having that connection with Dottie and the Frasers is, it's, I think it's kind of key. So I hope that they, they fit her in. I agree. I hope so too. I just don't see how they could not have him. Anyway, okay, so Dan Morgan, he's All right, so let me delete that. historically significant and Absolutely. plot significant. So I don't see how they could just Yeah, we'll him we'll out absolutely there. get him because that's how that's Jeannie's connection, his job. He has the very colorful personality with that's I could see you gotta think like what is visually interesting to look at you know and that's something that's very visually interesting you know like to have him go and make this grand gesture it's very much echoing Dougal mm-hmm. you know when you read that in the book it's an like Jamie sees him mm-hmm. and knows what he's doing because he knows Dougal did that with him it's kind of like a little echo to that yeah so it's it you know that that Dougal did it using his back right. you know to make a statement to get everybody against the British you know and all of that so he kind of was like I gotcha, you. you know. Yeah, exactly. I, I see you. Yeah. I see you, Dan. <laughs> and I think that it it gives a lot. It gives Jamie a lot of respect for him too. Like I think that was the initial like, oh okay. Like I think this is yeah, like, all right. We, we we I feel you there. I know what you've been through. Yeah. You know, been there, done that, bought the yeah. t-shirt, right? Exactly. So um, yeah, I definitely we definitely we just haven't gotten the announcement of him yet. Yeah, and that's really how Jamie comes to the field at Saratoga. Like that's really like the impetus for all of that. And we know that we get we're getting Saratoga just based off mm-hmm. of some hints that we'll discuss main, here in a few. It's the main it's the yeah. main battle of the book. So I can't right. imagine they're not going to do it, yeah, especially exactly. with sixteen episodes. Yeah, Ezekiel Richardson. I'm surprised we haven't got a casting announcement on him yet. Me too. Um, him and Dennis Randall Isaacs. Mm-hmm. I kind of put them right there together because I do feel like they go hand in hand. Very They're the murky characters. There are murky characters. Are murky characters? <laughs> yes, that's what you call them. I was I was trying to yeah. remember, <laughs> but yeah, they're. Um, do you think we'll get their casting announcements together? I think we might. 
Yeah, maybe. You know, they kind it of might be one of those things that, like, you can't yeah, have one do. without the other. I feel like because mm-hmm. you're never sure whether they're working together or if they're working separately. If they want the same mm-hmm. things, if they don't, mm-hmm. it definitely adds mystery yeah. into the whole thing. You know what and I mean? It, of who's on what side and. And it it adds to that whole espionage vibe of of the revolution, you know, yeah. which is why I'm doing the turn study. You know, it has yeah. a big vibe of that in this story, you know, is the whole spy game, you know. So, um, yeah. And I think that if they do it right, it could really help the audience latch on to William. Like, oh, this is our protagonist. Because they feel protective of him. And feel protective of him. Exactly. Like, oh, we're supposed to be on his side. Like, if they make that clear from the get-go, that that's Mm -hmm. kind of, these people are very, one of them's just a general don't like him. And the other one, we're just not sure what's going on with him. (laughs) And it'll be interesting because people know that character exists. It'll be a cool thing for people that don't know the books Mm -hmm. to see the child yeah. That all of this was involved, like another ancestor of Frank, the mm-hmm. story that she was there and helped make sure this yeah. kid, this baby, would have a chance at life, would have things mm-hmm. because she would get he would get the, the pension or whatever of Blackjack Randall. Yeah. And so like his actual existence is calls back on their own story. So yeah. it's not like something they eliminated over here. So here they can right. put that without feeling like it'll kind of feed into their own background. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of the rare things that do <laughs> sometimes when they mix themselves. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like, and this is going to be getting off subject a little bit, so I apologize. <laughs> you know, because I'm rereading Moby right now, and mm-hmm. I know, trying to, <laughs> trying to <laughs> amongst everything else. And she's doing my study, so she sucks me into her into her reading with her because with all of her comments I have to find out what she's commenting when I end up redoing the study myself Dennis Randall I just like you're not quite sure what's up with him and that's the way Diana wants it to be but but she has a definite plan for him she says oh yeah she says oh oh, I know quite a bit about Dennis Randall already you can see she has a plan like you can Mm -hmm. see it but (laughs) just being very murky about it um, uh-huh. but I just think that he is, he is living in the shadows a little bit, but ultimately he's got good intentions. Like whatever, he, whatever he's up to, it's for the right reasons type person. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. he's just not wanting to bring anybody in on the specifics and that Captain Richardson's just a great A asshole that we need to get rid of at the first opportunity. <laughs> That's how I feel about him. So, but I think that that becomes more and more clear the further into the story that you get. Like, that's mm-hmm. kind of, as I'm rereading Echo and Moby and then eventually Bees, I think that's becoming clearer for me as a reader. So I just hope that, mm-hmm. I just hope it's all done right. You know, I just want mm-hmm. it to be done right. <laughs> Percy, perseverance. Percy. Right. Well. I know you love Percy, so I'll let you take the reins. But it's not that I love Percy. I just feel like he gets he he gets wrong more wrong than I do. or whatever. Way. I put it that way. I don't. Th- it's not that I think he's the greatest character in the book or anything like that. I just feel like people that don't people don't understand like they don't take into consideration what he comes from yeah. and his emotional set of his mm-hmm. emotional heart of him you know like he's not a bad guy at yeah. heart you know what I mean like he has a very loving heart actually very compassionate mm-hmm. um in a lot of ways you know he was the one that 
would like go out of his way to help kids and, you know, felt bad for the, for the foundlings and like would go out of his way to like find out about, you know, like all of that. He has like different kind of heart. Leanne, I know. Leanne is a hater. <laughs> but, I, uh, I'll let you finish talking and then I'll talk. But anyway, the thing is though, as far as the show, I'm wondering if they will roll with the non-concrete purpose for him. You know what I mean? And like let that marinate um, in the story or if they're going to say, well, he doesn't do enough to advance the plot, you know, or whatever. I, like that, he's one that I'm kind of questioning whether, like if they, I hope they put him in and I hope they do all this stuff because I think it's great material with Percy, you know, like his scenes are great in those books. Um, the ones that he has with, with Claire, especially, I love that scene. He has some real, the ones with John, of course, you know, the ones that he does in the park with John. Great. So I'm really hoping they include it, but I feel like, I don't know if they'll feel like it's, I'm not wondering like if they're, how much they're going to do John's story, you know, um, you know, because they might not see him as central to the story. I don't know. So it depends how they see it, you know. It depends also, I think, on if they know season eight is the last season. Like, Mm -hmm. if there's a contingent, like, yes, we're giving you season eight, but it's the last season. If they Mm -hmm. know that, then they may not include Percy. Because Percy doesn't really, in my opinion, change much. Like, you could isolate his stuff out. And then, like, he doesn't even really have any big character moments until the end of bees that's yeah that's kind of where i'm at i'm like if they know they're not going beyond season eight then they could easily take him out they could also take the other route and do more with him they could than what we got like make him yeah make him a bigger character yeah i mean they can appear more frequently you know if they Um, do have him do you think i like percy i like what he adds to the story i like the mystery around around his him being a beauchamp i like all of that stuff but i'm not sure if they're going to have time to get into it so that's yeah you know, I like, and then there's this, he's the kind of the mystery around Fergus too. So it mm-hmm. depends on how much they're bringing that in. Or if, I mean, we haven't even had any confirmation that Fergus and Marsali are going to even be in season seven. I think, I, think they I mean, I think they are. Yeah. Because yeah, there was like too. one random comment. Somebody asked right. Lauren if she was going to be like, if they were going to be, and she's like, I don't know how much I'm allowed to say, which generally right. says. And at NYCC, yeah. they kind of hemmed and hawed and acted like. Yeah. That was the one where where she said something and and they were like whoa info drop and yeah. you know, no that was the uh, that was the thing about a season eight or something if we get a season yeah, eight yeah if that's we get matter. a season eight yeah yeah um but it had to, I remember it had to do with Percy and and Marsley too so I, I I remember thinking oh yeah they're gonna they're gonna come back I just think they have a limited scope I think they're like in for a little stretch of scenes and that's it like they're not in the whole episode yeah. the whole the whole thing which of course they shouldn't be really you know i mean generally speaking if you have in a series like this if you have an actor that's asked a question and they say i don't think i'm allowed to say or i don't know how much i'm allowed to say that says more than if they were to just flat out deny it because if they make a comment like that it means they're under a non-disclosure agreement of some sort right and if they were not part of the show they wouldn't have a non-disclosure agreement they would just say no i haven't been reached out to about it or you know whatever just pay attention or lie like creed did (laughs) (laughs) or they could not have approached him at that point i believe they did they had to have 
because he was it's an important cog in the wheel they have to secure him you know well um, he, so um, he did that whole thing you remember at, um, yeah and he lied he both faced lies. but here's the th- he started out with his loud mouth i think he started talking before he realized what he was saying and then had to cover his ass and yeah. so that's what i completely thought ha- was happening from the very beginning i was like oh shit and then he realized, oh, shit, <laughs> and then had to spin it a completely different way. But um, he made a comment at uh, Outlandish Vancouver, for those of you that don't know what we're talking about, where he said, flash forward, it's season seven, and Ian's on his deathbed or whatever. And everybody just kind of looks at each other like, what the fuck? <sighs> yeah. We were like, like, ooh, you're in trouble. Exactly. (laughs) Um, And so then he had to like spin this outlandish story to cover up the fact that he screwed up. And so that was kind of the first clue that they were going with that storyline because, yeah. (laughs) Lara makes a great point here too. She says, if we don't have Percy, we don't get the son of a good man speech from Fergus, which was such great original material. I agree with that. I can't imagine them not doing that, especially after last season and how they, yeah, they pull that whole relationship between Jamie and you know that fatherly thing with Jamie and Fergus. Yeah. So I I can't imagine they're not going to do that, and they need they kind of need Percy to do that, you know. Yeah. So I I do hope they bring in Percy. I I really like Percy, so I, I, I hope they bring him in. My my biggest question with that was, do you think they're going to show? Because I think that he's going to be there. I think that's my instinct on it, that he's going to be in the show in mm-hmm. some form. My biggest thing. And I hope is, they get someone hot because Percy was hot. They have to. <laughs> they have to. Anyway, so. He'd have to be hot for, you know, for, 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 for John to like. For John. John because John's too hot to be going with, you know, some scaggy dude, you know. Yeah, so exactly. he's going to have to be a hot dude. Um, well, I mean, and Percy even from his description has a sexual magnetism about him. Like you have to have somebody that has that quality. But my question was how much background information are they going to give us about the story between John and Percy? Because I'll be honest, when I first read this book, not having read any of the Lord John books, which is where 75% of your viewership is going to be. This really frustrated me that I had no idea who the hell this guy was, why he was important, and why we were spending so much time with him and John. Mm-hmm. That really frustrated me. So they have to know that that's going to be They're going to have to do some ex- a little bit of exposition, exposition. woven in, yes. woven into their conversations. Yes. If they bring them in and they have scenes with John and Percy, they're going to have to weave in some some form of mm-hmm. exposition to explain him a little bit better than they did in the book. I, think I guess that for I, you. I mean, for me, because I have read it, I, I right. feel that way, but that's because I've read it. I needed the expositional material. Let me tell you. Uh-huh. I did. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yes, we did, do. Veronica. We did fantasy cast him, and he was perfect. Matter of fact, he was perfect. Yeah, according it was Darren to... Chris, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. I believe and it so. was, like, spot on. Because I did a side-by-side yeah. of his sketch that Diana said is exactly him. Yeah. And he looked very close to it, remember? My potential avenue for this expositional material would be because Percy shows up right after the whole William 
pre-meet in Wilmington, Jamie leaves thing. That's when we first Mm -hmm. run into Percy. So I think in the conversation that he and John have in that time frame, whatever, it needs to be much more of a argument where that expositional material is given. Like, I haven't seen you since blah, blah, blah. And this is what happened. And you need to get the hell out of my room, etc. Um, it would, Hold, it could on be something... Hold on one second. Jan, it's uh, Brotherhood of the Blade is the is the Lord John book that has Percy in it, that has their whole backstory. Yeah. Um, and, and to Veronica, Percy still looks good. And they all say that he's still just as handsome. He's just got a little bit of uh, salt and pepper in the in around the corners of his thing, but he still looks damn good, according to everybody that sees him. So I don't think that's going to be an issue. (laughs) He's still going to be hot. So anyway, I think that that would be an easy way to do it. It would give Mm -hmm. David Barry some material to kind of sink his teeth into to introduce this side of John that we haven't Mm -hmm. seen thus far. Because um, really, they've only saw him banging somebody into a in a freaking pantry, and that's the only thing we've seen of his romantic side. Well, is that which I thought kind of not even the romantic side, lame. which is going to be nice to see, but also ninety five percent of what we see from John is a very calm, cool, collected, and composed individual. We yeah, don't really like see... it shows him more rattled. Yeah, yes. rattled. Yes, yes. right. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, yeah, I think that would be a good way to do it. But I do think that we need some exposition to that story if they're going to bring Percy into yeah, it. Yeah, I'm sure they it's would do that point. anyway. Yeah, I think yeah. they would. I just feel like you we would didn't understand get any of that concept. in Echo. We didn't get any of that and that really irritated me. That was one of the things that I was like, I mm. fucking hate this book. <laughs> because I just felt like it was happening Aww. all over the place. Like, this is not my favorite. I love Echo and Moby. Like I see them as part A, part B of the same story. But I, mean, I, um, like I love it. Now. it. I love them. I like yeah. it now that I know what's happening. But when mm-hmm. you're reading it and you don't have any idea what's happening, it's really. You seem like you were liking it when you went through the yeah. Echo study. You were putting a lot of comments. You seem real positive about it. Yeah, so. that's why I said I like it. I liked it so much better on the second time around. But man, you can't count on people reading your book twice. <laughs> like, Maybe Diana just, does. Well, clearly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Um, Brigadier General Simon Fraser. Absolutely. 100%. We know. 100%. We know we're getting him. Yes. Um, um, and I think it's going to be not just on a deathbed either. I think we're going to see, and I'll explain that when we get down to wherever I have that deep Diana deep. I think so I think it's, it's going to be somebody. It's not going to just be yeah. somebody laying on a table dead. Yeah. You know? That bond is very key to understanding William's development. I think not only as a soldier, which is a big part of who William is, but as a man too, to kind of get mm-hmm. that relationship, especially since he's in a position at that point where he's not really around any of the male influences in his life. He's kind of on his own. So to have that like older father figure, it's, I feel like that's kind of what Fraser steps and it's into. A great so. point because when he does connect later on, when the whole thing happens with Jane, you know, mm-hmm. and they go on their little excursion and he connects that he's actually related to General Fraser. Mm-hmm. It was almost like a little positive. Yeah. In the middle of all of this negative feelings mm-hmm. that he had. It was like this one bright spot, like, hey, I'm I'm related to General. I was related yeah. to him, you know, because he really liked him. Yeah. You know, so it kind of, you know, was almost like, well, like, it's not all bad. I end up yeah. being kin to, you know, I end up being kin to this guy, you know. So 
Um, so it kind of establishes that ahead. So anyway. Yeah. So the um, reason for those of you that may have missed it, the reason that we know that we're getting Brigadier General Simon Fraser is because they filmed his funeral scene mm-hmm. and there were people that had pictures of that. So that's how we know that we're getting mm-hmm. that. We already talked about recasting. So Sylvia and. The and girls, I'm going to put another plug in. I really, really want to see him recast. Because I know that Angela Hickey says recast the kids. Chelsea Lee uh, says it too. We're very important. Listen to us. <laughs> yeah, we're very important. <laughs> so if you're listening, stars people, if you're listening to this podcast when it goes up, <laughs> I hope that you recast Jemmy as Jermaine. Definitely Jemmy. In case we haven't made it clear. <laughs> anyway, okay. The Hartmans. They ha- you have them on the list. Yes, if my theory that I did up front in my structure thing is true, then we would get, before the scene of the fight, we would get the little layover at the Hardman's, and we would get Sylvia and the girls, you know, while they're separated and all that happens. If we, season seven is the end, then we would. Right. So it depends on if we get a season eight, which I think we will, and if they did what I think they're going to do, which I don't know if they will. (laughs) Yeah, I, mean, I can't go yeah or nay. I just like all maybes around I it, you know. Have, I have days when I'm confident we're getting a season eight, and then I have days when I'm like, I just don't know. Like, I really want to because but Moby was one of my favorites of the entire series. It was such a great book, so I really oh my want god, me too. Eight. Sometimes the pessimism at the gets same the time. At the same time, you're like, because you love, when you have these books that you really, really love, then you almost feel like, oh, please don't let them butcher it. <laughs> don't do it. And then do nothing like the book, you know? That's just frustrating. <laughs> lots of famous peeps in this um, book. Famous peeps, yes. Out. We got lots of famous peeps. I put these on because we got lots of famous peeps. And I know this show loves that, you know, as well. I don't think they would want to miss out like having all these real historical characters and stuff. Um, So we might get little cameos of these different people, Mm -hmm. but there's quite a few, you know? Yep. Burgoyne, Hal, Kosciusko? Kosciusko, yeah, the little engineer guy that Jamie befriends. Uh, Andre. He's very big deal, you know, in the revolution. Yeah. Andre, Thomas Paine, Benjamin Franklin, and a number of others. And the generals, if we do the scene at Sylvia's. Right. You know, that starts out with the meeting of the generals, Green, and, you know, all that. Yeah, so that's Nathaniel Green. Lee, right, is there. Uh, Is he there? Uh, Man Anthony. Man Anthony Wayne is there. And Washington. And then Dan Morgan's there, but he's not. Yeah, Dan Morgan just drags Jamie into the whole mess, you know. (laughs) Jerk one. (laughs) Just point it right at him, Claire. Point your finger at him. Anyway, I literally just, I'm listening to um, the Monmouth stuff right now in Moby. And I'm just like, oh my God, this is such a clusterfuck. It's so, I love Moby. Well, I mean, I love, I love these two books, like one big solid. I'm so glad I did the studies back to back of Echo and Moby because right. they kind of really do flow together, you know? Yeah. Um, and really, I think intentionally she had it planned as one and then ended up being too big. She had to divide it, you know? Yeah, so. For sure. Yeah, you can totally um, see it. Like so which of those one. do you do you think we'll see those or you think we'll see some of those or what do you think i think we'll probably see burgoyne and how because we've got william and he he runs into them quite frequently andre yes i think we'll probably get the miscanza because 
any excuse to show so. a big fancy party with all kinds of I said of the cool same stuff. exact thing. I said, to, well, we were not there yet, but I said yeah. the same exact thing. So I think we'll get John and, Andre. Um, uh-huh. Ben Franklin is all going to depend on whether we get the if Percy they do the plant stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But um, how funny would that be to have Ben Franklin in his all together sitting there with, with, with John and his all together and them having this little naked conversation. I think that would be hilarious for television. Well, I mean, yeah. honestly, how awesome would that be? You know, so I, we, we gotta have that. I mean, to me, it's a visual yeah. like no other, yeah. you know, yeah. Man, what the hell? Let's all just get all out and have our, absorb our sun or whatever the hell they're doing. Well, some bathing. You know, and it really <laughs> leans into that element that the, the show and the books, really like to show that john is just like everywhere like he meets the most random he knows people, everyone but he knows yep. everybody and so mm-hmm. i think that that would be a really good way to show that that like and i'm this- just imagining i don't know you guys if you know blake and mary media but can you picture blake commenting on a naked John and Ben Franklin sitting there sunbathing in a room. I could just, I, I would just pay money to hear what he has. To I don't say. even know. I'm sure it's going to result in some sort of saying that will live on through Mary and Blake yeah. media history. It'll be at one of their, one of their fame, Hall of Fame things or whatever the hell they do. Honestly, Charles Lee and Green. Yeah, I thought uh, the other people that there. Yeah, yeah. Um, you found us, huh? Anita, I saw you trying to find us, so I'm glad that you found your way over here. Um, and then um, you have Governor Martin on the list, too, I think, the 100%, because they cast him and he was in season six, and we know we're getting all of this stuff on the ship with Jamie coming to get Claire and all of that. So, right. yeah, 100%, I think he'll be there. Yeah, they just haven't, like, said he's coming back or whatever. So, yeah. But, but yeah, I think we are him, too. And, you know, the one person I did not put on here, but I wanted to, so mm-hmm. I just kind of stuck it in. I'm surprising you with it. Callahan. Oh, yeah. Callahan, yeah. because he's going to have, a pl- you know, they're, they're going to, you know, what we end up having being said and all. Right. And he is the conduit. He ends up being part of the OK Corral thing and being yeah. part of the whole fooling them, you know, part mm-hmm. of the, the cell or whatever the hell it is. So even if he's not the other thing, which I don't think he is, but he is part of that cell. He's part of the plot. So I think they got to have him in there. Yeah, I forgot about him, but yeah, definitely. I forgot about him too until I was sitting there going, who's missing somebody, you know, over there? It's not just Menzies. There's another major right. person, you know, or um, whatever that's involved in that storyline. So, so um, Callahan. Claudine, okay. So anybody that we forgot? No, they uh, haven't, yes. they haven't, they, they haven't done Jane yet, but I yeah. think she's definitely going to be cast. Yeah. They have her brothel up on the street. Do you think we're going to see her in this season? What Jean? I mean, yeah, she doesn't come yeah. until season eight, but that, or book eight, but yeah, but it's the fallout of that whole thing, and we're going to get that fallout, I think, yeah. in this season. So I do think, and they have. Did you see the audition thing with the girl mm-hmm. with Fanny? Fanny? Yeah, that was kind of freaky. Like, okay, this is interesting. Yeah, weird <laughs> that that got dropped. I was like, yeah, and then it got deleted. So somebody was not pleased about it. Yeah. I wonder if so anyway, we have some her. other people, incidental people that die, that that we've sectioned out. Go ahead, you want to explain your game? Yeah, <laughs> Angela is just searching for clarification as well. <laughs> Basically, there was so much in this document that was like incidental character or 
I don't know. Could they? Will they? Won't they? Will we see them? I don't know. We could see them, but only in this, like, you know, just so many little topics that we could. So I wanted to combine them all together into a game called Yay or Nay. So basically, I'm going to go through these topics, read off either the plot point or the character, and then Angela and then myself will go, yes, we think they'll be in there. No, they won't be in there. And then if we have a quick little why we think one way or the other, but it's going to be kind of rapid fire, not like one one word answers or anything, but much quicker than. You know what I said to her? I said, have you met me? Do you know <laughs> one me word answer. Have you met me? <laughs> she was so concerned. Do you know me? She was so concerned that I was going to like put a muzzle on her. <laughs> I could just see her puppy dog face like, oh, only one word. <laughs> Number one, Colenzo Baraguana. Okay, I say yay that the, a person of that nature will be in this, that will have that role, but I don't think it's going to be. Yeah. a focused on role you know i don't think it's going to be like where they kind of do his cute dialogue it's just going to be that he has a groom that's what i think i think yay i kind of agree with you that i don't think we're going to get any big characters even though i so want to because <laughs> he's adorable well he's adorable and seeing william's bond with him as mm-hmm. a non-caretaking of him and caretaking of him even though mm-hmm. he's not highborn, shows that William is not the entitled person that people think he is. So right. I feel like we need to have that relationship with somebody. He needs to have a mm-hmm. relationship with somebody like that. Anyway, okay, two or 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 when when um uh, when uh he comes into Claire and and um John's thing and John goes that she says, "Do you understand anything he's saying to him?" No, I don't know. <laughs> He's Cornish. <laughs> right. He's Cornish. I don't understand. I just, I just nod. And I just I nod. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, two, Michael Murray. Yay. Yay. I do have a couple of things under him. Do you think that we're going to get him in context with Joan and their story? Um, it might just be like a passing line. Like, you know, Michael's heading back to Paris. He can accompany you. Yeah. Like when he talks to Joan yep. type of thing. Um, and then... So then I was like, well, do you think this is going to be tied into Joan's desire to become a nun? So I think that's all going to yeah. be in the same episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's all going to be there. It's all going to be in the same episode, but not like a whole episode story. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Big. A big fat yay. I think that she is too much of a comedic relief opportunity to not have her in there. Absolutely. Look at how much people love Mrs. Fitz. She's like Mrs. Fitz 2.0. Yes, absolutely. So, okay, Andy Bell. Although they don't have a great track record lately with housekeepers, but, you know, and developing them. <laughs> Mrs. A.K.A. Mrs. Bug. <laughs> but I think with John and her bantering and how she is all wrapped around John's figure, I think they would like to play with that, you yeah, know? Yeah, for sure. Um, Andy Bell. Now, see, this is, I believe, <clears throat> I want to say that they filmed the Edinburgh stuff, mm-hmm. that they didn't cut that. You know what I mean? And if they didn't cut that, then I think we see Andy Bell. So what if they makes did you, cut that? Did you see something that I remember seeing something that they're filming that they're filming um in Edinburgh area. I I, okay. I feel like I remember seeing that at some point. I don't but I could be that. wrong. I could be wrong. If they if they didn't film any of that, 
then then no, of course, Brandy Bell. So it depends if they did. But if they did, he's the one that makes the books that are in the box. He's the one, you know, it's at that place that we have that really big come to Jesus thing with Mm -hmm. Percy, where Percy like basically lays it all out for Claire and tells him that tells her that, you know, he sleeps with women for money and that, you know, things work out. He might not have to do that anymore. And she says, you know, do you have any children? Because she's curious about his last name. And like all of that conversation happens in it, but nobody could move that somewhere else. Like it didn't have to happen there. You know what I mean? If they're somewhere else, but they wanted to kind of be perspectival when they went back home. So they, yeah. And she gets her glasses and all that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they're going to do that stop in there or they're just going to streamline that out. They streamline it out the no Andy Bell. Yeah, I think it's then, yeah. I think it's a nay for me. I don't okay. see them including it. Okay. That's true because yeah, and he also goes and he talks to John, Madame Jean, about yeah, like shit about you know Paris and you being the French connection and all that stuff. But I did like the idea of them having the books in the box. And yeah, I like that. Planet. But they could do that somewhere else too. They can you know? have Fergus have print them for them. And then Fergus would be in on it with all, like, you know, like he would be able to hide Claire's appearance and like make her look like a man and all of that stuff. And he'd think it was hilarious. He would probably yeah, think that was hilarious. Right. Okay. Hector McEwen. Based on what they showed they were filming, if they're going to do this character, he would be in it because that's, they, they're filming that part, you mm-hmm. know, is when Buck comes back feeling sick and that's how they run into Galus. Galus is having a thing with him. You know, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also very important to the lore of the story. You know right. what I mean? He's the one that sets the pattern for what Claire is going to develop into. Mm-hmm. It's what happens with him that that Roger uses to tell Claire yeah. what he did and how it worked. And, and that he was a time traveler, too, like you. And you might have this. Yeah. Like, that kind of becomes a... So I feel like he's very important to the story, you know? Yeah. Um, so, but, so I think he should be in it, you know, but I don't know. You yeah. Know? I, think, I mean, they haven't announced him and he's part of the Scotland story. I, you know, I feel like he should be in it. So I'm going to say yay based on what they showed that they filmed, unless they just eliminate the whole heart issue. You know, they eliminate all that, you know, if they eliminate all that, then, uh, you know, then that's what they do. I just think he's vital to he is, the lore, sure. the big, big, the big picture story. I feel like he's important. I'm just trying to decide if they may punt that to season eight, if they get an eight. I think they'll be past it. Yeah. I mean, it depends on how they're, how they're doing the max is really what it all boils down to. Mm -hmm. I guess I'll go yay based on, like you said, what we have seen as far as casting announcements and stuff and kind of what that hints at them. And what they've shown them filming because we saw Roger and him Mm -hmm. in Cranesmere. Yeah. That's when all that happens. Right. You know? Yeah. That's what leads to Dougal stopping there because they're laid up with Buck being sick because of McEwen and all of that stuff, you know? And they're, they're like in- curious about this stranger dude. They're and so they go and get Dougal. They're Buck is sick, though. They're, they're near the- Cranesmere. They they're are, near that, they're that, that guy, but they're very near right. Cranesmere. So it's that same area is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. That's probably yeah. when they were filming in that area, that would have been in that same area, yeah. you know? Okay, um, so yay on that, Principal Menzies. I gotta say yay. It depends if he's recast, but if he is, he is recast, and that is like a lot of them. And he's very important to you know Bree's return. Mm-hmm. He's important to what Roger does in in when he's there. Yeah, you know because he gets Roger involved. I personally think he's part of the spy network that mm-hmm. was oh, with yeah. with Frank. 
you know, so I do think he's a, you know, he helps, the, he facilitates their escape. So I, I feel like he would be part of it. So here, unless... here was my thought on that. Again, a bit mm-hmm. off subject. Menzies, there was a lot of talk about how he was connected and all of that. He's a younger guy, right? He's like Graham Rogers age. Mm. I was thinking he was. I, I was thinking he was a little older than Roger, but not like way older. Like I thought he like was not, in his like, not late forties, like middle or aged or like sixty, like fifties, sixties. He's like in yeah, his like late forties, early forties. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was thinking more like in his forties, but okay. yeah, something like that. Anyway, so my thought was that maybe he is the son of somebody that Frank worked with in MI6. Maybe that's how he knows about it. Well, I know one thing that Diana said when she was talking about Frank is that oftentimes spies would take on an educator role mm-hmm. as yeah, part of their I'm cover. 100% and so that's why I kind of think that part of that might be Menzies because he yeah. seemed very like, like not, oh, not surprised by any of these things right. that happened. You know what I mean? He was yeah. too cool about it and helped them get to the stones to escape and stuff. So I kind of feel like he's yeah. part of the picture. He's the one that gets uh, uh, Roger, you know, space, to, you know, to do his Gallic lessons, to talk, to introduce him at Lodge. At Lodge is where all this shit happens with mm-hmm. the book. Yeah. Getting in the hands of Rob. So all of that is wrapped up in Menzies. Yeah. I think facilitating it. The way that I kind of see Menzies is the kind of the same way that I see uh, Dennis Randall. I'm going to say, yeah. I'm with Because I, I depend that they recast. I feel like if they don't recast Jen, then maybe it's yeah. a no. Because he wouldn't be old enough to even go to school. I agree. <laughs> you know, and have like all of these adventures. But yes. if that's the case. My gut feeling is, nay. So, Black Jack Randall. I'm going to say, this is like my bold prediction or whatever you want to call it. But I'm going to say that if there's no season eight, then no. But if there is season eight, he'll be like a cameo in the finale. I agree. That's what I'm, that's what I'm going to say. Like, he'll be like a big, like, <gasps> you know, for people when he like appears in the finale, you know, they get their Tobias love. We'll have Blake doing his and I will always love you. And the whole, the, the whole thing, you know, I think it'll be one of those things because it'll be yeah. like a big drama moment for the finale that he gets unveiled. And now this is how he gets to go to originally to Lollybrock. Like, that's a big. That's a big thing, thing you yeah. know? Um, so I think that's going to be, if, 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 if we get a season eight, that might be the punter mm-hmm. part, like yeah. where they end. Yeah. Um, and you know that Roger's on his way there, mm-hmm. you know, and he has now just shown up and brought this like item to the Frasers and now like smiled and p- took notice of Jenny, yep. you know, and it'll kind of leave everybody like, Oh my God, you know, this is how that happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I kind of see them doing that as a dramatic thing for the finale, not where he's like an ongoing role. He'll come back and be more ongoing when Roger goes to see him and all that um, in the in season eight. But I think if he we get a season eight, they'll do that little wink, like, you know, to freak everybody out in the finale. It'd be like a freak out moment in the finale. So I I'm going to so say yay because I believe we got a season eight. I want so badly to get Tobias back so mm-hmm. badly and there's so many opportunities both with Frank and Blackjack to, for him to be worked in but as far as him being in season seven I'm gonna say nay oh okay yeah yeah this um, was a very hot take because it could easily be that they're gonna just push the whole thing off I think they're just gonna eight. push the whole thing uh, but I could see them doing and he would do it you know he did the one episode you know when as they did that one with permits 
Yeah, you yeah. know, they, he did the one app when he did the uh, thing with. Uh, four. That was so good. I could see them doing it. I could mm-hmm. see them doing that and him going along with it because he knows how it would, you know. Yeah. Be whatever. Get to see everybody again. Like that would mm-hmm. be fun. And I think he really mm-hmm. enjoyed playing blackjack. Like I oh, think yeah. that that was fun for him as an actor. He definitely enjoyed. I think that more than Frank. So. Oh yeah. Well, I think Frank is closer to the characters <laughs> that he plays normal. So I think that that blackjack just stretched him as an actor a little bit more than what he normally plays. I think Hamish McKenzie. See now, and then you have underneath you put the the yeah. this spoiler blackmail storyline that goes kind of because he's the threat that he's going to yeah. tell Gene, right. you know, Hey, Mister yeah. McKenzie. Um, so we're t- you know the just you know what we're talking about is when Ian murders the blackmailer that tries to blackmail them that they're going to rat him out about killing Dougal. The thing that the wrench in that is that they changed how that nobody knows about that you know because now rupert was the one that was there and not the other guy that was supposedly that this guy talked to Mm -hmm. and rupert's dead so there's nobody that knows so i that kind of like throws a monkey wrench in the storyline i don't know unless rupert but i like the novelty of hamish coming in i could see them loving the novelty of that yeah so they might have hamish come in but not have all of that the spoiler storyline around him you know what i mean um, but then also that murder adds an impetus to get Ian away, right? You know, to get ahead and take the thing and get and hide Ian, dress him different, and mm-hmm. like because he's under tr- in trouble now, right? You know, yeah. Um, so I kind of love that idea. I love that whole that him just it's so Ian don't f around Ian, you know, like yeah. you know he just doesn't ask no questions. Like okay, this guy needs to go, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I love that about Ian, you know, I love Warrior Ian. So I kind of love him in that scene and how, all, you know, Jamie's trying to like get ready to like go after the guy. And then all of a sudden the guy's like, and yeah. you know what they did? This is another reason why I don't think we're oh, getting yeah, it. Yeah. I think they drew from that to do what they did up in episode, I mean, in season yeah. one with Big Ian and the threat of blackmail and him basically stabbing the guy yeah. in the back. And it was almost the exact same mm-hmm. thing played out. And I think that because that book had come out yeah. when they were planning that season was mm-hmm. when Moby came out. I think he read that. And we're like, oh, let's try to work something like that into this episode. Yeah. You know, and that's why they did it. Thinking mm-hmm. they'll never get a season eight. So it doesn't matter. You know, right. Because <laughs> that was back in season one. So. Um, so I kind of feel like it kind of put a, a kibosh on that whole storyline. But they might have like a cameo, but it doesn't have the, the right. drama. There's no dramatic point to yeah. it without that other stuff i'm gonna say nay on him yeah i'm a nay too adam gray yay i'm a yay i think that that's really the first we get of william with his cousins and kind Uh of draws that bond that he has with the the grays and really sees them as his family even though they're not by blood his family but do you think that we're gonna get the fire ship scene and that's like the main scene with like, why even bring him in if you're not going to do right. that? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I really do. I do think we're going to get, I, I kind of feel like we're going to get that because I keep thinking visual, like, and, yeah. and like dra- drama. And that's a very drama scene. And it was a big wake up call for William's arc. Before that, he's very like high in the sky. Isn't this mm-hmm. cool? I'm an officer. And, and then like that was his first like reality check of holy shit. This is like some yeah. bad shit. These people weren't raised right, you know, or yeah. whatever. Um, uh, and it's also New York. Did, did we hear anything about filming that's supposed to represent New York? Have we heard? Well, here's the thing. That- 
I could easily see them making it Philadelphia instead of New York. Um, like that incident happened in the Philadelphia yes. part of the story. Right. Because they do go to New York historically. Yeah. So right. that has they to happen. To New- right. They go to New York and there's a lot that happens on Long Island and all of that. I'm wondering. And he's in charge of the baggage to get them out. Yeah. You know, remember all that. So I think, and I think that's what we're seeing. Some of that, that might've been what they filmed on the other street. They had new Philadelphia on the one street. Maybe the other street was supposed to be New York. Maybe. Yeah. Cause that's why I was like, I wonder what um, area they're going to find that looks like 18th century New York. <laughs> yeah. That's what, um, that was my only thing, but yeah, they could move it to, to the Philadelphia time period. I don't think it would mm-hmm. make too much of a difference, but I think that it also kind of starts the ball, ro- ball rolling on his reaction and like bond with Jane and like how he wants to protect I have that her too. as well. I have, it's important to William's arc and some of the impetus about Jane. Yeah. I said, so yeah, I, I agree with you. Like we're on, mm-hmm. we're like this. um so then i have henry which i'm a yay on because yeah definitely a yay yeah why would we have mercy without without henry how and um also the philadelphia street uh picks has an apothecary that i think is specifically named because it's the one probably that claire enters looking for the vitriol and finds out john already bought it you know Mm -hmm. um and and i so i think that's part of that story and i think that's Mm -hmm. for henry gotcha um so um how do you think we're gonna get how so i'm gonna say yay for how if we get the the path that i set Mm -hmm. where we get before she goes to like if that part comes into it and they're drugging him and you know they're keeping him under wraps and stuff and jenny i could see that being a fun thing for jenny because that's all like comedy gold you know right. what I mean um so you know I could see that being something really fun for her to play it gives her something to do in this you know it you know some act and then knowing like this is why Ian died it would tie into yeah. that storyline in the finale it would tie into something that covered that season yeah. um so I even though it was the next season for it would yeah. be fresher to people yes if that she had to face it come in there now you know mm-hmm. And it was included in the season. So I could see that being, if they're going to do it where I said, where they're going to take it to Bartram's garden mm-hmm. and that's going to kind of be, and it's going to be, it'd be on veil of him being dressed as a general. And that's going to be where they end. Yeah. Then they would have to have Hal in it. Yeah. And then like the penultimate episode or, mm-hmm. or whatever. You know, maybe yeah. the thing Diana writes, <laughs> she'll be writing that. Yeah. I'm a yay um, on that. I think that Hal will make it into season eight at the end. Yep. You added Herman and Berman and Sylvia, Sylvia the whore, the Sylvie. whore, the yeah. madam. Okay. Sylvie. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to say a nay for all of that. Yeah, me too. The ship slash pirate storyline. Nay. Nay on that. Yeah, me too. Ian and Emily and Totus. I said I would think so, but it may have a different vibe as they change the connection and bond between Ian and Sun Elk to Ian and Kea Roten. Ian and Emily, yeah. But that's part of the reason he's at the dismal swamp and that, you know, all of that reason that he's away from Jamie and Claire. So they have to have an impetus for that. It also sets up him finding out about the kid. You know what I mean? So it's important for the next plot of that, you know, and it also lets him know, like, hey, maybe it wasn't me. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Because he knows my my bullets work. (laughs) He didn't know 
that's a big, huge wing of the story is going to see her, getting that kid, bringing him back. Yeah. So I feel like they got to lay that seed in there if they're thinking they're going to go that far. So it's uh, also- I, I'm going to say yes. And they developed Emily. They might, they could bring her back. They'd like to bring probably Kay Roten back. Yeah. You know, I could see them doing something, but it won't play out exactly the way it played out with this big fight, but it'll play out where he goes and he sees them and finds out. Well, it's also the whole reason that Ian is in the dismal swamp. I mean, they could easily fabricate something, another reason for him being there. Yeah. But I mean, they still have to come back and circle around and it's that, and he tells Ian and, and, you know, like he tells him he has a son. Right. Like, it changes his knowledge of what yes. he is and looking back and feeling like a failure in that whole situation. Like it, it affects everything. It gives the him story. the closure that he needs to yes. start his relationship. With so Rachel. I feel like they're going to, they have to include that, you know, yeah. at least to some, like some smaller condensed version of it, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'll go with yay on it. You talked me into it. I was kind of. <laughs> I am a persuader. Well, my whole thing was, I think that if they chose not to they could easily backtrack if they got to a season nine they could easily fill in the information if they needed to was my thing like they could do like they did in season six with taking all the season three information and putting it in season six when we needed it they could do something like that so that was kind of why i was like yeah they might not especially since we may not be getting nine and it's not really like plot critical it's character critical critical but not plot critical if that makes sense okay jamie's dreams about brie roger and the kids i say yay i say yay. they did the other one that he kissed her on her birthday. yeah that's what i that's exactly what i was gonna say they've already done one of those so why not keep it Mm -hmm. up william going to canada i said sadly nay yeah i think nay as well john in paris all the amandine stuff in the black chamber brent franklin yeah well i mean as much as i would like that I have, I have nay for time, but I, yeah. I would love to have seen it, you I know, agree. cause I'd love seeing all those sides of, of John, yeah. it like really develops John, mm-hmm. seeing him doing his spy yeah. thing, dealing with these yeah. people and all. I, I have a feeling that it's cut. That's going to be, they don't consider it vital to this, this plot, you yeah. know, I per agree. se. And I think it depends on what they do with Percy. Mm-hmm. That's going to put a factor into it. You know, if they develop those storylines, then, then yet they might do that. Mm -hmm. But if they don't and they're cutting those storylines about Fergus's ancestry and, you know, the Beauchamp connection and all that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff, then they would might cut that. Sexy time between Jamie and Claire at Ticonderoga. Yay. I'm a big yay on that one. It's Mm -hmm. such a unique sex scene. Mm -hmm. You, you have to, you have to. I think it's one of my favorites of the entire series. Yeah, I think they will. I think um, they definitely will because there's not going to be much room for a lot of sex scenes, right? Yeah. In this story, well, and, you that's know? Kind and of... people are not used to going 16 episodes without sex scenes. That's a big key yeah. one. That one and the and the the Bartram's Garden thing, which it would be the next book. But you know what I mean? There's not a whole lot of big sex scenes in that book because they're always going in like in turmoil, mm-hmm. you know, or depressed, right? <laughs> You know, they weren't having, they weren't living large with the sex over in Lollybrock, you know, because they got the dying in. Nobody's in the mood, you know? Yeah, exactly. Amputation of Jamie's finger. I said nay. I'm a nay. Because I just think it would be too much BS for them to cope with. He would literally have to wear a green, like, glove on his finger every day. Like, that's just. Right. And then they'd have to take it all out in special effects. I just think it's, yeah. And they're already going to spend way They'll too much time. They'll do something else, them. some other injury. You I know, mean, they could that... still have him injure his hand and have her have to do something with it. 
but I just don't mm-hmm. think that they're going to amputate because that's too much continuity that they have mm-hmm. to worry about. Um, yeah. Plus, he has function of his hand in the show. He didn't really in the books. Right. So Yeah, he does try to kind of keep his hand stiff sometimes, if you notice. Mm-hmm. Like, he tries to make yeah. it, like, when, when he's thinking about it, you see him keep his, like, yeah. that they look fourth finger straight a lot, yeah. you know? And yeah. not bend it a lot, but you know, of course, you can't do it all the time because you know you'll be thinking yeah. about it constantly and take it away yeah. from your acting. Exactly. Young Ian telling his dad about Rachel and Emily. Yay! Yay! I agree. The Miskianza. We both said yay on and, that. And I said yay, and I said, like I said, they they always have a like, especially in these bigger seasons, they have a big battle and they have a big showy party with thing. fancy yeah. dresses. You know, mm-hmm. big, cute, pretty sets and all that kind yeah. of stuff. And I think that would be their showy piece. Yeah. And I also think it's a chance to see the connectivity of Claire and John and Claire and Willie as yeah. his like stepmother. Yeah. It's a great piece to show that we don't get a lot of that. Yeah. So I think it would be a great opportunity to show that they really get along and how their little vibe is, you know, well, I think as a that couple. Was- <laughs> one of, especially if you like carry on with William trying to deal with. The, this huge life-changing revelation he was very devastated at the thought that claire wasn't his mom anymore like she wasn't mother claire yeah. and then he was like oh but she kind of is oh that's weird <laughs> like, you know so like oh, no. he was really close to her he really likes her so i want i want mm-hmm. to see that relationship so i hope that they mm-hmm. yeah that's a very key scene for that um mm-hmm. the time travel the user whatever tra- time travel user's guide <laughs> do you think that's gonna be in there yes yeah i'm a I yay, say yay i think it's very important it's the whole impetus of what how, how rob yeah like he took that book and that's how he knows yep. about the whole thing like so it's important and i think it's important because it's an ongoing they talk about it in book eight they talk about it again in book nine it continues you right. know them building this story of what they are for their kids you know um so i think that you'll see and 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 roger doesn't have a lot to do so this is like something a project that he pours himself Mm -hmm. into so i think you'll see him make notes yeah do you think we're gonna see him teach Gallic? i think you'll see uh i think you'll see if we get menzies and we see those connections then we'll get that that will be part of it and that's how he connects that's how rob takes the book yeah. Is at the Gallic class, you know, because yeah. he passes around and he and he thought it was one of his Gallic po- poetry books right. or whatever it was, and it ended up being his time travel book. Yeah, not you know, you you dropped the ball on that one, Raj. Yeah. <laughs> I think considering it doesn't look like they recast Jimmy at this point, they're going to lean more heavily on the scenes with Bree and Roger in the 20th century. So I think for that reason, we are likely to see him teaching Gallic. Because that'll give him more material in the 20th century. Oh, I see. I thought you were saying it as a negation. Okay, so you yeah. think, yeah. Yeah, I think okay. Okay. Patty is asking, do you think we'll see bigger scenes with fewer COVID protocols? Yes. Yes. That was one of the reasons they waited so long, because they wanted to make sure that they were clear of their COVID protocols and they could do these mm-hmm. big battle scenes and these big party scenes and things like that. So that's the end of yay or nay. From here, we're just going to go in timeline order for what we think we'll see for the rest of the season. And, and we're going to stuck out what we've already said. Yes, we're like right. lifting out what we already right. said. So in these the are yay. like big things that we're pretty sure we're going to get and that are very important. So they're almost like essential things is kind of how mm-hmm. I view them. And so that's mm-hmm. why we're going to spend a little more in-depth time talking about them. 
so we ended season six with Claire's arrest. Jamie was just saved by Ian and their Cherokee friends. So that's kind of where we're going to pick up with all of that. And Tom in the jail. Claire's arrest, Tom's confession and declaration, and Jamie rescuing Claire. I put that all together. But we know we're getting it because we saw the scenes of Jamie climbing up onto the ship and stuff. That was one of the very first things that we saw filmed. Um, We started getting pictures of that. It's how Claire, you know, and that conversation with Tom is like, I think, critical for that whole arc of story to finish that arc of story it's where claire finds out that she was poisoned by malva you know uh and that she also tried to poison her father so like all that comes out in in that big conversation she has with and that he loves Mm -hmm. her of course right you know so um so you know all of that all of that comes out so we have to have that you know part of it and we i also think that you know remember in book seven they see each other again he thinks she's dead. He's the one that planted the, the story, you know, yeah. in the paper. I was trying so, to remember who, like, how far into Echo that was. That was when they were getting ready to go on the ship that has all the problems yeah. and makes them turn around and come home. But they can make that another time when they go on the real ship that takes them home. Yeah, they could do that any time. Yeah. So, but I do think they're going to do that because that's how we find out about the paper, the newspaper yeah. article. Yeah, that's a big one. And also a scene that's kind of attached to all of that, I think, is a Jamie and Claire moment that I'm really looking forward to when they're coming home after after all of that. And she's feeling really guilty for... And he tells her to let them in, let the yes, ghosts let in the or whatever. Come. And that's why I'm like, yes. considering that was a big underlying thing for last season, that really is going to put a nice little bow on yes, the whole ghost bow story. You could see how originally they wanted that to be in the end and yeah. how they would have tied that right. together. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's all going to be part of the first episode. I mean, I know we're not going to break down the episodes, but I'm just mm-hmm. telling you, I think it's going to be. And then oh, I think yeah, in sure. the next episode, it's going to be a, a focus around this next point. Uh, Mandy's birth and the discovery of a defect that's going to need to send them home. So mm-hmm. I think that that's definitely going to end up praying to God if there's a Jesus in heaven, especially if that's freaking Tony's um episode, okay, since you're saying that she did episode two, and she robbed us, and she got holy hell for robbing us of Jamie and Claire being at the birth of Jem. They better have it here and give us those things that we didn't miss from Jem. I'm hoping she makes up for her mistake <laughs> from that season when we like lost them there at the birth scene. So I'm hoping we get Yep. The baseball thing, because it's kind of yada, yada, yada over in the book, right? Mandy's birth. So hopefully she'll give us what we should have had for Jen, mm-hmm. for Mandy. I really hope so. Um, yeah, I'm hoping that as well, because whenever they yada, 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 and like didn't have Jamie and Claire at Jemmy's birth, I was like, what are we doing? Why? I know. Why? Um, Why would you, like, that's like show gold. Do you not get that? Because we have to show Brie can handle all this by herself because she's a strong woman and she can just face this big thing on her own and we do it, you know. That's what they wanted to do. We have to show that Brie and Jamie have a good relationship. Damn it. Like, that's what yeah. we have to show. Anyway, so yes, I'm with you on that. I really hope they fix their boo-boo. Um, yep. For sure. And yeah, I think that Mandy's birth and the whole birth defect thing and them going on the hunt for gemstones 
I'm not sure if that'll be the hunt for the gemstones and all the Williams stuff. I I don't know. That's all blurry to me on how it's going to. I think that's going to be more like. I think it's going to be the next yeah. one. But yeah. Okay. So next we have Bree meeting William in Wilmington. And I do have an extensive Diana. We know we're getting that one. So, okay. We know we're getting that one. Did you see my Patreon post on all this? I haven't seen it yet. Ah, yay. So I can tell you all this and you'll be very excited. I know. So she did talk about the, the, some, an exchange over the, over the free meeting William thing. She talks about how this was part of the conversation about how when she gives them cute, uh, you know, if you don't if, have like this, pages then, that you know if you don't have yeah. this you know that type of thing and that sometimes they listen to her and all that she says i might say i transcribe this this is all her words mm-hmm. exactly she says i think i understand what you're trying to do here but you're dealing with an 18th century nobleman who would not under any circumstances do or say what you have them doing or say and she says for instance there was a scene where lord john is introducing william to brianna for the first time and Lord John is taken completely off balance by Brianna's appearance. And originally he said, this is my son, William Ransom. She said, and I said, no, he is not. He is Lieutenant Lord Elsmere. She said, he's wearing his uniform and he's in office. And even if he were wearing a suit, he would still be Lieutenant Lord Elsmere. You would always introduce him by his title, even if you're his stepfather. She said, on the other hand, if you want him to have an informal note here, with Brianna, William himself could then add William Ransom, madam, at your service. It would be on him to say that. She says, if you wanted to make it clear that he's entrusting her with his common names, she says, which would be a friendly gesture, but it would be his choice to do that. So they rewrote it that way because they know I know a lot about the 18th century by now. They're inclined to believe me usually. So that's what happens. He, they meet on the street. And I think it's that scene. Mm-hmm. That we saw in the production yeah, video where I you agree. see where you see Lord John and you see him going like this. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's the other like what's out of camera mm-hmm. is Brianna in yeah. that shot, you know. Um, so I think it's going to be in the street in Wilmington rather than at the docks or whatever, yeah. you know. And um, and it's all going to play out as as and she pretty much told us that nice. she changed it to be the way she said. So that's definitely in there. Yeah. And she said it was great. Yeah, I know. I saw the interview that she did where she said that she'd seen dailies of that scene and mm-hmm. that she was very happy with it. And that especially on screen, that Charles and Sophie look very much like each other, and that they could mm-hmm. definitely be siblings. So mm-hmm. um, that makes me happy, too, because you never yeah. you never really know how things are going to come across on screen until you see it. So. Yeah. Yeah. But I was very happy to see that we were getting that. The the whole William Bree thing, I, I'll probably have to retell her this after I um say it, but I am interested how that's all gonna go down now that Bree knows that William exists and it's not just a oh my god, he looks like my dad thing. Like she's actually gonna know when John introduces him and John knows that Bree knows now. All right very interested to see how that scene is going to change because Bree knows that William exists prior to that meeting and John knows that Bree knows that William exists and mm-hmm. actually made note to her in season five that he hoped that they would meet one day that's going to be a good scene like I feel like it's not yeah. quite going to be as they're, much they're, they're probably going to play it yeah they're going to yeah. probably play and I hope that Roger's there for it too and they don't cut so. Roger out of it because I loved Roger and 
and you know, and well, of course, I don't even know if they're going to be able to get that kid to say all that when he says, you know, my granddad, my granddad says, says the kid can kiss his ass, you know, and all that. I love that. And Walter puts his now hand over his mouth. He's like, we don't talk to the king's soldiers like that. They work for the king. And, you know, you see William, like, all, like trying to stifle a laugh. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I just think that's so cute. It was so cute. I hope they do that. I hope they do that. But yeah. I don't know if they're going to be able to. Maybe yeah. they can get the kid to say that. He, they are a year older from where they were. Yeah. So. They did have a little, uh, quite a few more lines last season than they had the season before. So, all right, yeah. whatever. I'm trying to brace myself for it. <laughs> so now we're getting the goodbye at the Stones, which how could we not? That's pretty, pretty key. But one thing that I saw while we were looking at all the pictures that were leaked from that scene, which I was floored that people I could believe it I could not believe it but then you know then they do other stuff leaked that showed them in modern clothes so it's yeah. not like it would have been a big shocker right. anyway um but one thing that I noticed about all of that filming that I was like that's different was that the guy that plays Donner was with them there were pictures of him uh, I forget what his name is and Rick there together so yeah. I'm wondering how that's gonna change things. So that's gonna be interesting. That was very strange. That's very I know it's very odd. And in uh, maybe he's following them. Maybe he's stalking them. Maybe he shows and... them where it is. Because remember in the books and what was well, it? Well then what he does? Six. He torches their house after that? Well, I think it's an accident. Huh? I think it's probably an accident what happens at the big house i mean it's an accident anyway nobody means to yeah it is an accident but still i just can't imagine like he's going to help them and then come and rob them and say give me stones you know know. like if he's helping them i don't understand that but i have no idea i mean they have to know where those stones are somehow because it's not that either of the same stone circles they've used the previous time right well they he tells them in the in Jocasta's house in the books. Right, but he's already he been arrested. So that's why I'm yeah. like, how's that all gonna They go nixed down? that. Yeah, it's they all nixed different. all that. Yeah. So they, they have to have another impetus for them right. to They're gonna have that. So Malva's death and all of mm-hmm. that. I saw an interview by um Alexander Vlahas that he did with Digital Spy, and mm-hmm. he said for Tom and Alan, it surely can't be over. So I will say there's so much more that we shot that didn't even make it into the show. The Christie's mm-hmm. journey isn't over. So mm-hmm. I think that that means they filmed the whole murder scene and then chose to to pull that out until the big do it reveal. as like a flashback. Yeah, and do it as yeah, a flashback. Yeah, as he's telling Claire at the yep. grave, you know, we'll see it in like a flashback. Yep. And then Ian pal yeah i don't know how <laughs> I, I can't live and he was like no he was right he couldn't <laughs> he's right he can't live he can't live he's done yeah <laughs> i love i love it i love it i just like i loved it in fees when he killed that dude with like sylvie and the mm. oh my god that was so awesome he's just like then his mohawk side took over and said no what are we doing here <laughs> but that's why that like, was why are we even bothering with this let's yeah. just you know, end this shit right now. Well, because I <laughs> was so sure that they were going to have him kill Alan like that, that that's another reason why I felt like they weren't going to have the blackmailer because it would be pretty close it would be together repetitive. episodes yeah. doing the same thing. Right. So 
that was another reason You're I right. felt like that was maybe not going to happen, but yeah. Um, but yeah, so that'll, I think that's going to probably get wrapped up in the first three or four episodes as well of the season. Mm-hmm. So um, I really think yeah, that by I, I think episode I actually five, think it's, yeah. we'll be fully on into Echo. You know what else they didn't put in here? Moore's Creek, that, the Moore's yeah, Creek Bridge Battle. Yeah, I thought about battle. that. I think it had to be those early tent things, but now because Saratoga was like early too, so I don't know if that was that, you know? I don't know. We saw like very early on in filming they were doing well, these little tents. So, so that looked like Moore's Creek Bridge. Here was my thought on it. They used the same place, like the same filming location that they did the stones for all of that so i'm wondering if it wasn't another philadelphia scenario where they were using that location for everything they needed to use it for and then they were going to pepper it throughout the rest of the season maybe because it was the same little park they used for where all the the tent was set up the tents were set up in the camp oh, and, I stuff. See what you're saying. and then the beach yeah, I, was... I mean i think we need at least some something even if it's off screen or if it's just partially shown or it's like a yeah. a quick thing or something mm-hmm. because that that kind of is when he is his first chance of actually fighting for the rebel cause yeah um and it's where he has to make the choice to kill major mcdonald you know, I think, and we've maybe, since we've met Major McDonald, maybe I kind of feel like we need that. Would be in the same episode as, um, like, when they go to Wilmington and we meet William and stuff for the same time, at, for the first time. Maybe that would all be in one episode. I just don't see them putting it with in the same episode. I don't like think it's going to be an entire episode. I think no, it'll just right. be part of an episode. Yeah, but I just don't you know, see them putting that in the same episode as, like, Mandy's birth and the discovery of her birth defect and stuff. And I really mm-hmm. think that probably episode four is probably, I almost want to say that's where we're going to deal with like the revelation about who killed Nalda and all of that. And the burning isn't, of the Roger, isn't Roger with him? Is yes. So it ha- that's why I said it yeah. has to be before they go back, unless they change all of that, which they could. Anyway. We'll see. That's a, that's a maybe. <laughs> yeah. So um, we kind of touched on a little bit, but Donner and the burning of the big house. Mm-hmm. You think, and I think that would have been like the finale part of that, like the I think finale that was episode of the first. Yeah. Like, yeah, so I think we're talking like at four for that or around about the, then. The burning of the big house and the revelation of who killed Malva and all of that is going to come probably in episode four. That's going to be the big like dividing line. Like that was then, this is now. Like we're going to wake up and to the reveal new... about Arch. The killing of Miss Bob. Mm-hmm. I think all that's going to be. Do you think it'll of... all be in the same episode? Yeah, I think so. Okay. They got they're doing other stuff. Like they got to move on to. Yeah, I know. That's doing. why I'm like, oh, we have tons of time, and then I'm like, no, we freaking don't. And you see this. <laughs> <laughs> a lot happens in these last two books. I mean, in, yeah. in seven and eight, there's a lot of plot. And yeah. There's a lot of people storylines and things that have to kind of be laid down because there's no foundation yet. But this is the foundation, yeah. you know, right. like for the hunters and you know what I mean? Yeah. So they, they can't just like touch it and run, yeah. you know, like they got to give him something, some substance. And that's kind of how they treated the beginning of season four. They started the new foundation for the Ridge years, but they've got to do that all over again because now we're into the revolution years we've got a whole new cast of characters. Yeah, we've got the, some of the same people, but a lot of new people. So you have to make sure to get it right. Otherwise, you're pretty much doomed. Yeah, you're basically can, starting over. It could be that we get that in 
the, it could be that we get that as part of the act when um, the baby's born. Yeah. It could be that in part. I mean, because they don't have to take an entire act for that. It was like a little freaking three second scene in the, in, when she had Jem, you know, like that was just part of a montage. So, I mean, you know, so, I mean, it might be more than that, but I don't think it'll be an entire episode. So they're probably going to do like that. Maybe in the back half of that episode, they have the Morse Creek Bridge thing or, or before it, maybe that'll be the back half of the episode. And before yeah. it is the Morse Creek, it opens with the Morse Creek Bridge stuff. And then yeah. it ends, the back half is the birth. Well, she's hardly pregnant. Maybe they <laughs> have She wasn't episode. really showing that much. Maybe they'll do where Claire and Bree are at the ridge for the mm. first half of that episode, and Roger and Jamie are at the battle, and then they all come back together at the come end back. of that episode, and that's where right. the birth happens. Although you don't really see, that would mean that it was in Tony's episode, and she doesn't usually do the battle episode, does she? So I don't know. We'll see. Does she ever write in that battle episode? And Amber with all the prep for. Oh, that's true. Okay, yeah. Then you, okay. And she wrote. Um, um, she didn't write Preston Pants. No, that she wrote the high. season five one um, with Alamance. F7. F7. Yeah. I don't remember why can't I remember what that episode Yeah, is because called. you know why you can't remember? Because it was the ballad of Roger Mack. And there it wasn't really about Roger yeah. Mack. That's why you can't remember. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but it's one of my. The title like, doesn't make sense for the story. It's one of my favorite episodes, but I can't ever remember what it's called. That's anyway, why. Yeah. Uh, okay so here we're going to discuss what the heck is going to happen with the frenchman's gold because <laughs> i really don't know at this point you know what and well they, you can tell they were trying to incorporate it in season six a little bit but yeah it's just like, like i really have to go to river run i have to go to river run you have to go to river run i have to go to river run they kept doing Miss, like lines of that, Miss you know, Innes to make sure we all knew yeah. that he was going to River Run and doing an errand and stopping at River Run. Well, and then so, Miss Innes is always muttering in her sleep about Frenchman's gold and blah, blah, blah. You know, like they mentioned that in the Give Me Liberty episode, the, the little slave girl did marry. Oh, yes, that's yep. correct. That's correct. Yeah, so I forgot they about were that. Trying yeah. to weave it in there. It just really seemed blatantly obvious and they did show that hector took a box they showed the flashback of hector taking the box of gold right you know yeah so um so yeah they've set it up a little bit Mm -hmm. but you didn't know like it wasn't as definitely as developed as it was in the books for sure but um i think that you're gonna see like they're gonna have i feel like they're gonna have that whole scene with with joe casta because they're gonna want to give her a, a finale like, like you know, it'll be kind of her last episode. Yeah. They're going to want to make it special to say goodbye to her. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they're going to want to include She's not going to just fade out of nowhere and we'll yeah. never see her again. I'm and that's the only time we really see her. Her and her and Duncan are probably still going to come to the ridge. Obviously, they won't have Ulysses. Maybe so, that's when she'll tell him everything that went down or whatever. I don't know how we're going to make it. The connection. I think for the, the, they were the going to Canada because, you know, we, you know, we, I we were supposed to be, you know, buying all these weapons, but you know, all our gold stole stolen. Gold. Somebody yeah. stole all our gold, and we're broke. <laughs> yeah, and then they thought maybe they don't realize it'll all still go down with Donner's men finding the gold. Right, and, and then yeah. and then we will see. Oh, he's yeah. getting the gold. You know, that's where it was. Um, yeah. So, do you think we're? Gonna I think get we're gonna the, get uh, we're gonna get a visit from Jocasta in there. Yeah. Do you think that we're gonna get Arch's vengeance? Throughout oh, absolutely. Seven. I feel like that's, that's one of the biggest things with Ian's story. Absolutely. 
that's a that's a huge part of it. Yeah, that's definitely going to be. And they've tried. That's why they tried to evil them up a little I bit. I just don't know how it's in their last in the last they season. They didn't make the right casting. I don't think so. No, they um, didn't. I mean, I could be surprised. He could turn around and, like he just hasn't. He hasn't had much material, honestly. So we may not know yeah. what he's capable of. And he was being real, like you know, uh, we like did an axe in our day. Yeah, yeah. you know, he's trying to trying to make him sound like a tough guy. Like in the last season, yeah. in the first season, he sounded like he totally like basically could baby put one foot in front of the other or something. Yeah, exactly. You know? But yeah, I think I think they're going to do that. And also, he was in Liverpool when oh, was he was in Liverpool. Mm. Oh, I didn't. And that's see that. where that happens. Yeah. That's where that happens, okay. where he gets the the death scene, you know, is in Philadelphia at the print shop. So right. he was there, you know, he's like, he, he posted a picture on his, on his Facebook page okay. that said Liverpool Theater or something, oh, whatever okay. it was, you know, repertory yeah, or something. Yeah, Liz is just, just sharing that. That's interesting. So, I didn't see that. Yeah. Cool. So I think we're going to get all of that. Yeah. It's going to culminate. Yeah, we're going to get the culmination of that. that yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm stalking Rachel, bastard. <laughs> and I really want to get, get the his funeral. Willie to the rest. The funeral where he says not good enough. You know, when, when he when he and he goes to say, "Give me your dog," and he's like, "No," you know. Yeah, he and he says, anything. "See, you care about a mangy dog, not." And this is a wife. And he's like, "No, just kill me. Not good enough. Yeah. You have to suffer." Yeah, you know. And then he has this hanging over his head. Is one of the reasons he's worried about marrying Rachel. Mm-hmm. Is because the guy's waiting for him to love somebody and have something yeah. that's worth taking. Yeah. So I, that's like a big impetus for some of the drama. So I can't imagine them not doing. It. Yeah, they just didn't set it up well, you know. Right, exactly. Enough. And that's why I'm like, they have to include it. And you can, like I said, you can see them starting to try in season six. But mm-hmm. at that point, it's like, why do we care? And it's not the right people to play those parts. And it's it it was just poorly done, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I agree. Okay. We'll see, I guess. And then you see them trying to backpedal and try to, like, you know, retrofit, you know, what they need him to be. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, you need to be forward thinking. That's why I don't get this whole Tony not reading ahead, you know, because mm-hmm. she gets so, she's the one that doesn't want to let go of her ideas. Yeah. Yet she doesn't read ahead to make sure her ideas fit into what's coming, you know, yeah. and that gets on my nerves. And you got to be forward thinking, people. Well, Think ahead, I think, people. I think that was really good about <laughs> Matt taking on the showrunner role because he does read ahead and he does know what's going to work and what's not. So I think maybe he's helped to reel her in a little bit. I think one thing about, no, I guess Ron was still the showrunner for season four. So it must've been season five, but there was one season in there where Tony Graffio and Matt Roberts were both titled as showrunners. And then it went to just Matt Roberts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I and well, I agreed with that. Oh yeah, me too. I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, she's I love a great writer, episodes, but and some yeah. of her episodes are my favorite episodes of the entire. I just don't show. like her attitude about things. Yeah, you know. Yeah, she, she's very belligerent. It's one of those situations where if you give her too much say, it's gonna start <laughs> not being good. So steamrolling you. Yeah, she'll steamroll you. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, we did talk a little bit about Percy and John and how they're all gonna fit into the story. Um, do you think that Percy's pursuit of Fergus and all of that is going to be? You're skipping another one. Did you, did, um, John oh, yeah. introduces and connects William John and, and Richardson. Richardson. Yes, which would be the same episode as the the Bree meeting thing. Yeah, that would you know, all be because it's kind of they were on their way to go to that. Mm-hmm. 
So he would be introduced in that episode, early yeah. episode. Um, do you think that that's all going to continue? Oh, yeah. I don't see how okay. it couldn't, um, especially Richardson is our primary antagonist throughout the remainder of the, of the books, um, as we know them so far. So you've got to set him up. you got to set up that, it's that also, relationship. It's also a matter of guilt. for. It's like a it's an impetus right. of guilt for John because for John. he's the one that put him in his path. When he realizes what, ha- yeah. like what happened and what his actions caused William to have to go through. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a huge thing for him. And like I said, I think a lot of these are, oh, well, you have to have it. But then you're like, well, it depends on how Where? deep they want to go into right. these characters. It depends on how involved that piece is for everything else. And I think yeah. that is one that is is involved with everything else. So yeah. you need to have it. For sure. Richardson is is connected with more than just John and, and he's still story. He's still involved, even going into book 10. Like, he's going to be there. For book seven, eight, eight nine, nine, and, and ten, ten, you know? So, I mean, it's not like he's going anywhere, right? you know? So, so they needed like, to have somebody that's, yeah. th- that's going to be around and that they tell, okay, you know, if we're continuing till the end, plan on being here. Yep. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> you know? um, so, You're yeah. You're on the hook for three more seasons, whether you like it or not. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So that would mean we have Percy because he's the one that is the right. impetus for that. Yeah. I, and now I have a note. My, my father is an honorable, you know, that whole, I'm, I'm the son of a noble man, that whole thing. I think comes it all in. adds to the intrigue of it because you're not yeah. quite sure who Percy's working for <laughs> and mm-hmm. you're not sure who Richardson's working for and you're not sure who Randall Isaacs is working for. And I for. think that's intentional. Oh, I think yeah. in the book, at least, that's intentional yeah. because it's supposed to be, that's how it was in the revolution. You didn't know who to trust. Like yeah. everything was suspect and you didn't really know all the information you needed to know about everything. Exactly. And it's kind of like the thing like you know, you kind of appreciate that more with the turn study that I'm doing, you know, how that was just such a characteristic of the revolution. It was the first war where that was really a main mm-hmm. characteristic of it, you know? Yeah. So I think that adds to it because that's part of it. Yeah. The spy game. And I suppose you don't need it. It's not one of those things that's like a tentpole thing. Like you could easily take it out, especially if you have the espionage element with Randall Isaacs and Richardson. So I guess you could take it out. I think it's, I think it's interesting though. So, I mean, it would be a bonus if it was in there, I guess. It's one of those things. Like I would be, it would be great if it was in there, but it's not one of those things that's going to be like heartbreaking if it's not in there. What about the Thomas Paine Declaration of Independence? Party. party yes i really love the idea of the i love these things with with john when he's in these situations that are like totally ridiculous yeah. for him to be in and him having to be like how in the hell am i in this situation like i kind of love that yeah um and that was a big deal that big anniversary party like it was a big deal in philadelphia so um, just like the miskienza but it's like people outside of philadelphia yeah and this area that i live you know, wouldn't know a lot about the Miskians or wouldn't know a lot about, you know, mm-hmm. that's kind of the thing that is like a local info and it's not like a big info. So I, I could see them wanting to pull these little details out and make yeah. it, you know, so I could see them doing that. And that's kind of how we see Percy. There's all this intrigue in that. And I don't know about if we'll see Thomas Paine, though. 
Yeah. That part of it might not happen, you know, because, they're, you know, I think they might just like not want to have a billion, uh, you know, famous people. But I think we'll see him at the party and it's yeah. like everybody going, yay for liberty and all this kind of stuff and raising their glass and, you know, death to the king or whatever the hell they're saying. And, you know, yeah. John's like, um, okay. <laughs> well, and my other thing with that is, it might I didn't go fun. to Percy. Hello, Percy. What the hell are you doing? Here? Yeah, it might be fun <laughs> to see him in that situation, uh-huh. and kind of maybe get his thoughts because he talks to Percy about it, and like yeah. kind of like, and that leads to a big scene with him and Percy. It's right. a very important scene. So, so. Uh, and that's what, but I didn't know how that would pair if we have the beginning of Moby stuff, maybe potentially this season ending with him swearing in as a continental, what that was going to look like. Cause then we'd be getting like repeats of him being put in these situations where he's constantly being mistaken as a, as a rebel, I guess. So, um, yeah, would it take that's like an echo. It's almost like a foreshadowing. Yeah. Of when he becomes signed in as a yeah. as a militia person. I just um, Lara says, and I love this idea that she has here. She says, if they include the gold storyline, which they need to, a great title card would be showing Jamie and Jem discovering the Spaniards' cave. Yeah, kind of like after the fact, after you know they go yeah. back to kind of do that as a title card. Yeah, that would be cute. You should write into stars, tag them in. It yes, on Lara, give them your ideas. So we talked about Ferguson, Marsley, and Philadelphia. Do you think? That attached to that, we're going to get Leary kind of not mending fences with Claire, but like doing her, as you put it, wheeling and dealing. And like that part of the book just kind of wrinkled me a little bit because me too. I was me like, too. I want Leary to understand that Claire is a good person. Person. And I know. I didn't did like that either. Help that at all. Right. So, and I, I, I didn't like that either. I'm kind of hoping that this changes in the show because you know they're mm-hmm. a fan of changing certain things and i kind of hope these are yeah. one of the things where they actually can like just show her come and say you know let's put our thing aside because you know like our i need your help and her saying you know yeah. yeah our grandchild is at risk you know and kind of like it redeems her a little too yes. for this being her end scene in yep. the show yep. for us not seeing her anymore after this or at least i don't think we will um, in the books or whatever. So it kind of gives her a little bit of redemption at the end of the story. Especially you know what since, I mean? A little bit like, let's say, hey, she grew a little bit. She became yep. a little more mature enough to do, like, to put yep. herself, to and put her kids first. Or, yeah, we're going to so. get um, a, some closure between her and Jamie. Please let us get some closure between her and Claire. It don't have to be like, let's negotiate. I'm like, I hated I hate that. that. I hated that choice. Yeah. You know, it's like, no. And then she gets to go away from that and say, you know, she, I had to bargain with her. What about she said that to, to, I said that to somebody, I think I said, I might even been, I don't know where, who I said it to and their response. So I said, you know, what about if she writes that to Marsley and tells Marsley, yeah, you know, I, I talked her into it because I agreed to sacrifice my money if they would, mm-hmm. she would go. And then somebody said, well, she would, Marsley will know better. She'll nope. know, you know, and I'm thinking, yeah, but that's not the point, you know, it's just. Right. It's yep. I agree. It bugged me. One of my absolute favorite parts of Echo is Claire fleeing Ticonderoga, meeting William at the farmhouse outside of Ticonderoga and the whole Ian Jamie rescue of Claire. (laughs) 
and Ron Ian then like do a tug of war. Give her her name. She's my auntie. No, what do you mean? Oh yeah, that's right. She is, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> I love I did love it. And I love how he caretakes her, you know, yes. like he he like remembers her saving his his stepfather and like right. knows like I got to take care of this woman. She took care of my family. And I you want know? so bad to get the scene where his like orderly or whatever comes and brings her the bandages and like all the stuff that she needs. And she's like, how did you know that I was the one? And he was like... <laughs> Oh, he said you'd be the woman, the whatever it was, basically. Curly wig. The what? Curly wig. Curly wig. The curly wig. You'd be the curly wig. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, Sean Mars, <laughs> like a major general. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, he has her pegged. Has her pegged. And I know he says, William Ransom, you know? Yeah, and he just is like, <laughs> do I know you? Do I know you, madam? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love that. And I love that. But the best part of it, well, one of the best parts is the whole when Ian shows up and he's yes. like, oh, great. Yes. You know, like, Mary. okay, you owe me a life. She's it. Give her to me now. You know, yes. <laughs> I'm taking her. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. And then he's trying. And she's like, you could see on his face trying to figure out what's the right thing to do in this situation, yeah. battling his honor yeah. and duty and all this, you know. Well, <laughs> and I, I, I love that. I really, really hope that because there's a moment and it happens off page in the books where Claire has the opportunity to tell Jamie about William and he wants to know but it happens off page yeah. where to get the brandy yes the brandy your son yes to me and he's like holy shit is that brandy yeah. <laughs> like how the hell did you get brandy you right. know? so I want... and then he takes a slow sip afterwards yeah. like he just takes a slow sip yeah. and like savors it that this was from his son yep. to take care of his wife yeah i want to see I love like, so much. her ex her telling jamie about william like that he took care of her that he you know and that means that his son took care of his wife the yes. woman he loves you know like that would be that means something to jamie yeah. you know like he's the type that would be like feel all the warm and fuzzies over that you know yeah, for sure another one of my favorites the dismal swamp stuff between William and Ian. Absolutely. All, so many the people William hate on this and I hate that. The William and Ian stuff, honestly, like they have even when they're not sure if they like each other or not, they still have the best banter. <laughs> like, oh I my god. It. It's so and it's so important. Nobody realizes it. And I kind of really stressed this when I did my study on Echo. Uh, you know, like nobody realizes how important that stuff is. Some people just skip it. Because they think it's boring. He's walking through a swamp. Why do I care? Blah, 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 blah. I don't even like William. Blah, 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 blah. You know? And it's like there's so many vital things in yeah. that section of the story. So yeah. many vital words, like layers of things being laid down in that part. And it's we, so important for their arc. It's like the like their whole arc is there. You yeah. know? It begins there. So it's just... I mean, they already screwed us with the privy thing, yeah. which is the real beginning of their right. arc and why he recognizes, like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, he recognizes him anyway, supposedly, because he looks like William. But Linda says, I love it know. when Ian keeps referring to William as cousin. And I love that after it's all said and done, William, before he actually knows that Ian is his cousin, refers to him as his cousin because that's the easiest way to describe their relationship. And I was like, mm -hmm. I love that. That he's like, you don't even know the half of it, buddy. <laughs> but we basically have had this And I love the mind games. I love how Ian plays the mind games with him because he knows how to get to Jamie. Oh, yeah. He knows how to 
he knows how to work Jamie and he uses the same levers to, and he kind of smiles to himself because he knows exactly the way yeah. his mind's working and how to get under his skin exactly. because he's been like a chip off the old block, you know? Yeah. So he like hits him in the pride. Oh, you know, you're not going to scream, are you? You know, he's like, no, you know, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, okay. Well, we've basically <laughs> had all of this confirmed anyway, because in the official stars casting announcement for the hunters, they said the siblings, the hunters, lives are changed when young Ian comes to their farm with a sick and injured William Ransom. So we know oh, we that- got a picture of it. Yeah, we got a picture of their place in the dismal swamp mm-hmm. is one of the pictures that so came out. They basically know. confirmed all of that as well, even though they haven't expressly said it. The way that they word things sometimes. You just... And we saw them walking through the woods. Danny and um, Rachel and William kind of trekking through to go on their journey or whatever. The we saw shots of that. Oh, my God. And they have to. Like, this is another one of those, the third episode of um, season five, where they did the, the Beardsley Cabin. This is totally another one of those that, like, you can absolutely and i bet you i bet you what's his face is even maybe the one that does it oh yeah um luke luke because he loves that yeah yeah um because he would be like oh i see another gothic horror you know yeah Yeah. because that was all i mean how do you not do that it's so visual and so actiony like i'm i'm looking at all the stuff that has a lot of visual Mm -hmm. and action and trauma and all of that, it's also the first time William kills anybody. Yes. That's it's his why first it's murder, you know? Important. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. So uh, the, we're talking about, which I think we jumped ahead without saying what we were talking about. We're talking about the crazy people in the, the weird serial killer couple. When Rachel and Denny are on their way to join up with the Continental Army and they travel with William mm. until they part ways, right when they have the crazy people that are going to chop them up and make them into soup. Put them in the soup, yeah. <laughs> And, and Rachel's like, yeah, I'm not eating. I'm not food. eating that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's the only one not farting. One of his people farting left and right at these like throwing blows. Yes. Uh, how will Ian recognize William? They've never met in the show. I think he's just supposed to look so much like Jamie. Maybe he knows, but I know they really screwed up not doing that. That was another casualty of Murtaugh. Was not well, getting a scene with Ian because they had to get Ian off stage to have the focus of the amount of right amount of people in the scene. So they took him off stage to bring Murtaugh on stage for that episode. And so we never got Ian meeting William, which I think was a huge mistake. I wouldn't be but, surprised if there's some sort of discussion had like there was between Jamie and Bree. But he has a picture. Yeah, he has a picture. That's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. So, like, there's got, there's going to be some, he's going to find out somehow before. And I think that picture is going to change slightly for this season to be, um, to reflect more this character instead of the character that played him because he looked like an older version of the character that played him. And yeah. So now they're going to like make it look like him. Yeah. You know, and they're going to show that, they're going to maybe show that little thing again. Maybe they'll even have Ian see it you know, or whatever. Yeah. And maybe that's how they'll do it. They'll get well, around I mean, it that way. Jamie keeps that portrait in the bedroom. Like, wasn't it yeah. up on the side table? So Ian could easily see it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that it's anything that Jamie would keep. From and then, so if he, he says out. that, he says, I think if he said, yeah, cause he told Bree, yeah. you know, that can't, you know, but I think if he saw it and saw how it looks like Jamie, 
And he's like, who is that? Oh, that's Lord John's son. And yeah, you know, or what? And although why would he have him on his bedside table? But still, you know, yeah. like even that he would connect. Oh, okay. I right. see there's something more to this huh. picture, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. But I'm not going to ask no questions. I'm Ian that doesn't ask any questions. I'm right? just going to roll with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's another weird anti-clear Uncle Jamie thing. <laughs> <laughs> William helping Ian break Denny free after the deserter game gone wrong. Yes, definitely. I think we're definitely going to get the deserter game because it's yeah. a big point for Denny. Oh, my, my glasses are foggy. I just read the scene or listened to the scene where Claire is talking to Denny uh, before Monmouth about that and how, mm-hmm. you know, that she thought that was afraid. Yeah, she thought that was really courageous. And he's like, oh, it wasn't about courage or whatever. And she's like, mm-hmm. well, courage has all kinds of forms. Trust me, I've seen it. Like, and they're talking, mm-hmm. they're having that conversation. And it really is, was like, it was Denny's way of proving to everybody that just because he's not willing to pick up a gun and shoot somebody, it doesn't mean it's not that, that he doesn't be... have courage. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And Although he was like shaking like a leaf. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah but who wouldn't be who wouldn't really, be? you know? Right. Yeah. Exactly. And I love that William, like he's so adorable. Despite Denny. Yeah. I love Denny. And like, I love that despite you can literally see William grow over the course of this story and absolutely his time with like when ian came to take claire back after ticonderoga he was really struggling with what was the right thing to do in that situation Mm -hmm. by the Mm -hmm. time we get to ian coming to save denny after the deserter game he doesn't even think about it he just helps him save denny and then he meet, he meets up with him later and says, "Look, don't let me catch you over here again because yeah, there's like, gonna come quits. a time when he says we're quits, gonna, like, I'm but we're not quits because he does still actually yeah. help him again." <laughs> I love it that he's literally frank with him and he just says, "Look, there's gonna come a time when I can't save your ass, so you need to stop right over here. Like, like don't don't just assume, don't don't take my kindness right. for weakness, you know, type of thing." Because. Yeah, so. he basically tells him, if something happens in front of one of my commanding officers, I'm not going to choose you. Yeah, like, <laughs> you know, I appreciate and all that, but, you know. Yeah, I'm not going to be standing I'm not going to hang from the yard year. arm because I'm exactly. conspiring with the enemy, you know? Yeah. I like my life. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, mm-hmm. Claire finding Jamie on the field at Saratoga. You think that's going to be a thing? Okay. I think. That we definitely need to get Claire the warrior princess of that scene yeah. with the friggin' two-handed friggin' the sword yeah. and the whole bit. They are not going to give up an opportunity no, to show exactly Claire in that light. I, I mean, there is just no way that won't be in there. You yeah. know what I mean? They're going to love it. They This is what they live for. And then Jamie <laughs> you know, and the his... warrior princess Claire is going to yeah. be showing up. And then you know, Jamie and his, uh, groggy blood loss state going, you're a Bonnie Swordsman, Sassanac. <laughs> you're a Bonnie Swordsman. You're a Bonnie Swordsman, Claire. Yes. 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 They're definitely going to. And then, like, and then the, like the, the kid, you know, yeah. like, and then he, I still wait for that kid to come and haunt us. Yeah, because she's like, I would know him again and he would know me. And I'm like, okay, that sounds Ooh. ominous. <laughs> who does this kid grow up to be that's what yeah I who does he grow up to be yeah well she says that in the, that book 10 there's going to be a thing from drums that comes back into Ooh. play in book 10 and so she is not beyond pulling some shit from way back i have no Jesus. idea what that could be 
that's also in the Patreon post. We get a chance to look at it. You got to look. I got a lot yeah. of little interesting things in there beside the point. She is one that will pull a thread yeah, that, you sure. know, you never thought about again. Yeah. All right. This is where we're going to talk about. There are two hat scenes. This is what prompted this whole thing. So there's the scene where Jamie accidentally shoots the hat off William's head during the Battle of Saratoga. And then the scene after the death of General Fraser, where Jamie just not being able to handle being that close to his son and not doing something about it, hands him his hat and says, I believe I owe you a hat, sir. And I was like, are they going to have one of those or both of those? What's going to happen? And then Angela's like, well, let me tell you. So tell me what's going to happen. I got, you're going to love this. You're going to love, be ready to love this. We are going to get this whole thing almost top to bottom, exactly like the book. Diana said, was thrilled, you know, about this scene because she says it's one of her favorites in the books. Mm -hmm. And she laid out the entire scene of how it plays out in the book and it plays out in the show, right? Mm -hmm. It even answered, remember, I don't know if you remember this, but in our Echo thing, we had debated in our talk for Echo, we had debated in my, less I teach, I was teaching this book and we had talked about whether or not William whether or not he knew it was William when he saw the gallant lad running down the mm -hmm. field and said, I'm not going to shoot him either. Mm -hmm. So that he knew that was William's yeah. hat that he shot I off before that. he heard it. Yeah. Or, and I had thought, no, I don't think he did. I think he didn't know it was him until we went to the thing. Well, he didn't until he went, he didn't know who That's it was. That's what I always thought. I didn't think. That yeah. I always either. thought that too. Yeah. She says it's almost exactly like, cause she was, this was part of, her talking about how much better they're getting with the adaptation, how much more they're taking exactly ripping it right from the books and stuff like this. This is part of that conversation. For example, I love when everything she says that I'm like perked up. Um, so she says, and she, this is verbatim what she says. They did a good job with one of my favorite scenes, which is a scene after the Battle of Saratoga. She said during the battle, Jamie has shot the hat off the head of the British soldier and thinks nothing of it. But that night, Simon Fraser, who is his cousin, is dying, having been shot in the battle. So he comes across the lines to bid farewell under a flag of truce. So this scene ends with people coming solemnly out of the tent where the brigadier has just died. And Jamie stops to loop up the tent flap. This is exactly how they filmed it, how it plays out on the thing. Jamie stops to loop up the tent flap. Meanwhile, in the background, we see William, who has made his own farewells earlier to the brigadier because they have been close. So that kind of tells you that part of it. So he had just been standing solemnly by and another senior officer comes up to him and he's talking about the brigadier. And he looks at him and says, where's your hat, sir? To which William replies, a rebel horse son shot it off my head during the battle. And the officer's like, good God, man, you could have been killed. This is while Jamie is in hearing distance, but it's over his shoulder. There is a moment's hesitation, and Jamie turns around and strides over to William, takes the hat from under his arm, presents it, and says, Sir, I believe I owe you a hat, and then quickly whirls on his heel and walks off. Then they focus on William. This is like she's giving you the whole yeah, the camera angles and everything. She says, Then they focus on William, who's looking bewildered. And the officer looks at William and says, well, evidently that was the rebel horse son who deprived you of your hat and tells him to put it on, you know. And then we cut over to Jamie and Claire is catching up with him and they get a little distance. And she says, why did you do that? And he says, I've just realized that for the second time in his life, I've come within an inch of shooting my son. 
and I felt that I should speak to him as a man in case it may be my only chance. And she's grinning and nodding as she's telling this scene and chuckling and saying, so you could tell she was just so pleased with it, you know? And she says, all three of them did just a beautiful job. So I am really, really happy. So she confirms as far as the story goes that no, Jamie did not know that William was William until he heard that he, he saw until he saw that heard him say that. And that they show the actual battle when the hat is shot off his head. It also sounds like they did everything to a T the way it's written. We get the brigadier having a relationship with William. We get the deathbed scene. We get the exchange. So like all of that is confirmed by her. And um, it sounds like it's just ripped off the thing. So, so in all, we get five components to the story. Hat shooting off the field at Saratoga. Bedside Fraser scene. William and General Fraser being close. Jamie giving him his hat and the post conversation with Claire almost all exactly as written. Yay! <laughs> That's so exciting. Booyah! I was like so excited. I was like, oh my God, I feel like I'm in heaven. You know, keep on talking. Give her some right? whiskey. <laughs> yeah. That's so, awesome. Aren't you excited? Yes. That's awesome. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I'm so excited to see season seven anyway. So hearing stuff yeah, like me that. Yeah, me too. Me too. I love it. Love it. Yay. So we already said that we know we're getting the Jamie Leary confrontation, obviously, yep. because of the Ian's death scene and all of that. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to sit with a box of tissues when I know that scene is coming, like that episode is coming because it's yeah. gonna. I have a feeling that's going to be like, his goodbyes to everybody in that episode. And then on top of that, it's going to be Jamie and Claire's goodbye. It's a big deal. Um, and, and I also think that's by another reason. I just think it would be really great if they, if they kind of arced that to Jenny with Pal, you know, and seeing how, because remember all the shit she goes, she goes and oh, she yeah. starts yelling at Claire. Oh yeah. Like, are we going to get all that? She's like, are they going to go there? Like where she's just like, you know, what kind of fairy woman are you? If you know, you can't even heal my husband you know yeah. you're doing it out of spite to me and all right. that kind of stuff remember so i can definitely see them getting some sassy jenny in there mm-hmm. you know for that like they're gonna keep i think they're gonna keep that straight up and then once she's better and she's like you know i think your wife's gonna be mad at me because all the stuff i said and he's like no she understands blah 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 it kind of like kind of puts a little bow on that a little yeah. when you know she has like pulls the gun on how i could that's very you know yeah i could see all that being in a finale type of thing you know so i'm really uh, excited to see Kristen atherton as Jenny. yeah me too um, she looks perfect well oh my god they, she looks so perfect diana that said that Kristen is like when you see her on screen, she looks so much like Laura Donnelly and she has the same mannerisms. Like she's worked very carefully about like making sure that it's a cohesive transition. Do you know, um, they probably told her, you know, really yeah. look at because she was a very loved character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm so, excited. Iconic. I'm, I'm so happy that they recast her and that we didn't have Me to too. do something drastic to make up mm-hmm. for it. All right. The big event. The other thing that I am like. So the big event. Is actually the Rumpy Pumpy is the big event. Yes. Like, not that like the fight after isn't the no, big event. No. The the Rumpy Pumpy is the big right. event. And yes, I definitely can't wait for the big event. I cannot wait for the big event. I'm so excited about that. I hope we get it. I hope like that, that Diana wrote that episode. I really am because she's not gonna like slack on the no. the sex and the whole thing. She's not thing, gonna you pull know? any punches on it. She's no. Yeah. 
I know it's gonna I'm just bracing myself. It's probably not her that wrote them. I'm thinking she wrote the one after that maybe oh, but you? I don't know. The one where know. Jamie comes back? Do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I think that that's probably like she's gonna find out about Jamie's death and that John is going to be like you have to marry me because somebody's you know all of that crap is gonna happen mm-hmm. at the end of one episode and then it's going to show her, like, in her depression, all of that, the big event, the Miss all of that's going to happen in an episode. And mm-hmm. then, like, we're going to go. Yeah, I could see that. Put the sex and everything with the Miss Gianza. Mm-hmm. I could see that happening like that. Yeah. And then the yeah. next episode being when he Jamie comes back, the whole yeah. William-centric, like, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they follow they could end an episode with Jamie coming back. I'd love it if they do something cool like this where they ended it and then they split the POVs and they took off with William and what happens with him in one episode and then they rewind mm-hmm. and then the next episode they follow with like Jamie and John and what happens with them. Like, I think mm-hmm. that that would, that could be cool too. So there's so mm-hmm. many different ways that they could do that, honestly, but all of it, I'm here for, all of it i love yeah, getting I'm to that really part of, of echo like all of that yeah. crap that goes on basically from the time that saratoga happens on i am all in like i can i can't stop reading once once that hits well i love that the last section is called reap the whirlwind yeah and it's really like that you know it's definitely like everything just starts going <laughs> Yes. You know, and yes. that, you know, so it's, it's like it's it's a great title for that section. I want um, one of their episode titles to be a series of short, sharp shocks. Yes, I want that to be That's one another of great titles. title. That's another great title. Yeah, because it is. It's so accurate. For I that love Diana's titles chapter. T- you know, yeah. I do. Right. You will love <laughs> That's it not a secret. This, this book that I'm working on right now, I'm really trying hard to like come up with good chapter titles. So mm-hmm. some of them have hidden meanings. So <laughs> good. Yeah. Good. I'm just taking a page out of Diana Gabaldon's playbook. <laughs> there you go. You can't go wrong with that. So William's discovery of Jamie as his father obviously is going to be the whole scene is going to be a little bit different because of the rosary and all of that. I would say, you know, what's my note on that. Will he throw his wooden snake at Jamie? <laughs> I think like if he did he maybe put a little string in it and wearing it around his neck underneath of his shirt. You don't know. And then pulling it off right. and throw it at him. I mean, yeah, that did make it powerful in the books and it was a great moment, but yep. I don't think it made her I really I don't think it made it will make or break the scene. You know, like I think it's I gonna think be it, powerful. I think it was important for what it represents right. as well. For a source of comfort. Yeah. And that it was you know it's like a a piece of faith thing but it's also a comfort thing and i just you know and now it's like this is tainted now this thing i always relied on for my Mm -hmm. comfort you've tainted it you know like i don't even want it now like that type of thing but then as he goes on he keeps trying to feel for it but it's not there like i love the whole element of all of that so i was bummed that they i actually just read the chapter in moby where he's still noticing it's gone i mean it's only been what like 10 days but the first sentence of that chapter is something like, uh, William really wished he'd stop reaching for things that weren't there. And he's talking about yes. his gun, yes. his sword, his gorgeous. Yes. <laughs> Everything that made him feel like his sense of identity. Yeah. It's such a, it's so, it's so deep with William. Yeah. If people would just kind of like go and try to see it, there's so much deep layering and developing with him. And for it's sure. really great stuff. 
actually. Mm -hmm. And then you said that you think we're going to get the confrontation scene between John and Jamie outside of the city. That's you think that's going to be part of season seven. And I do too. I think that they're going to carry it through all the way until probably the, the continental show up and they're like, "Hmm, what's this all about? And then Jamie's just going to be like, I don't care that much. Just take him and walks away. And I think that's probably where it's going to end the season if we're getting a season eight that's okay see i don't i think they're going to cut him being dealing with him being uh, you know in the tent with that guy Mm -hmm. with the applejack i think they're going to cut that part but i think he somehow makes his escape or maybe they will maybe denny and maybe that would be still there in a quicker way um but then he's going to make his escape and i think that the end for john will be him having to swear allegiance to the continental army And I think the end for Jamie and Claire, if we get a season eight, would be him unveiling that he's now going to be a a general for the for the Continental Army. You know, after they get back together and have their makeup rumpy pumpy, because I can't imagine them leaving them like still estranged. They're going to have to have that makeup. Yeah, I definitely. You know what I mean? I they don't ever leave Jamie and Claire at the end of the season. Not. Yeah, that's true. On the same page together or whatever. So I, you know, I just feel like they're going to take it to their. Well, yeah, but that was part of the yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get what you're saying though. I could see it. They still way. had some quickie at the at the stones. So we have our 20th century story. Yes. I had a question. Do you think the show is going to dip into the missing time? They're going to show anything like you get coming through the other end of the stones, like maybe a montage of them getting yeah. the surgery, and you know, you know, like something that shows them getting from point A to point B at the Lollybrock thing. You know what I mean? I could see that. Are we going to get a montage of that? Because they like to show things we didn't see. Yeah, that type of thing. I could see them doing that a little bit, maybe part of one episode just to give the max more material. I guess yeah. if they include like them in the story once every three episodes or whatever maybe the first episode that we get them in after they go back could be just a few scenes here and there of them kind of adjusting getting their life together maybe deciding trying to decide what they're going to do with their lives if they're going to move back to scotland you know what their mm-hmm. career path yeah like i have a con like yeah yeah like a little like a little vignette right like we did like they showed us with like uh like that you know when they did the thing with in season three with claire and they showed her getting the apartment yeah. And he's like, what do you think? You know, mm-hmm. and I, like that wasn't in the book, yeah. but it kind of like got us from point A to point B, yeah. you know, type of thing with them. Mm-hmm. Um, How they got to Boston, you know, so I kind of feel like they went one. The whole scene with uh, Jimmy <laughs> saying, I want to call Granda. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't take yeah, very I could long. See that kind of, but it's, yeah, I could see them being a montage. And, uh-huh. Yeah, but then that wouldn't make Jamie saying it. That would be something we say. Or you say both. To kind of see those scenes being a bridge between the timelines as well Mm -hmm. because you could Mm -hmm. have it still be jamie's dream and that's kind of how it and he's seeing it yes yeah and like we see it because there yeah i I, I, that would be a great way to do it that would be a great way to do it Um, so the main beef on the 20th century line do you think we're going to see the whole letters thing I, I think, again, like Jamie with the dreams, I think that's going to be a great way to bridge the gap between the two storylines to have those letters. Too. So I yeah, think you're going to see it here in voiceover yep. and then see the thing, yep. you know, and then see maybe cut to their reaction. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I honestly um, do it, that type of thing. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if we get more letters in the show than we have in the books, just because they choose to use that as a way to to tie the two quite a few together. in the book they have more letters in the box 
than they actually get to read, though. So. Well, you know, bugs me. We don't know who the different print writing was. We never get the answer to that, and that bugs me. Yeah. Well, not <laughs> Cause yet. Because I want to know. Not yet. <laughs> not yet, but you never know. Like, okay, you put that thread in there, lady. You better come up with yeah, something. Exactly. You know. Yep. Um. So, so yeah. uh, I have there that Bree gets the job, meets Rob. And is initiated in the tunnel. You think we're going to get that thing initiation where they lock it, yeah. where he gets, she gets locked in the tunnel? Yeah, because I think that, A, that's your first clue. This guy is not a good person. So I think it automatically sets you up to kind of have the hairs raised on the back of your neck about that guy. Like, you're like, I don't like him. Yeah, but at the same time, you think, okay, well, he's just being like part of the old boys club of, you know, rising her at know. that time I where women didn't it. work in those fields. I never liked it. But I'm saying, like, you didn't necessarily think he's, like, this evil villain either. You just kind yeah. of thought he was an ass. But then, a little bit of an ass. it also is one you of know? those things where, yeah, you may not realize it as you're watching the season, but when you go back and rewatch the season, as most people do, it'll be one of those mm-hmm. things where you're like... Where you go, uh... Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, because yeah. it really just feels like it's typical, you know, late 70s, early 80s, women mm-hmm. weren't able to do what yeah. a man could do with a job, and that was the, that's just being... Right um representative of the time period mm-hmm. you know what i mean and that's yeah. just what diana was doing like a guy wouldn't be all welcoming to her in that situation right. and so you kind of blow it off like it's not mm-hmm. that big of an indicator of anything you know what yeah. i mean it's just her being period accurate you know right. but yeah. also if you get the scene with him trapping jenny in the tunnel and brie and mandy going to save him how is she going to know where he's at or like put that and the danger associated with yeah. it with the little right if they don't have that. So that's why I'm like, I think they go hand in hand. If you're going to have one, you have to have the other. It's kind of my I problem. do. I think that I think it's going to be there. Yeah. So. I think that it will be too, especially if they recast Jimmy. And how about Buck? Now, before he did the fort thing with Callahan, do you think we're still doing that? So that's where you see him in the, like, more, you think that's how he's going to make his arrival? You think he's going to scare the kids, Buck? Think that all is going to play out the same? I have a feeling it's, it's gonna play out. I think it's going to be different. I'm not sure how it's going to be different, but I think mm-hmm. that it's going to be a little bit different. And I kind of hope that we get to see Buck adjusting a little bit. Like maybe I really wanted that, but now I'm feeling because they were filming that stuff with them in the past so fast. Yeah. Like it was only halfway through the season. I kind of felt like, well, are we not going to get anything like that? Like it seems like yeah. they kind of yada 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 over like the whole first half of the story of their storyline. And they could be filming slightly out of order. I mean, I know they're probably filming mostly in order, but they could be doing Yeah, because these things involve when they can get the city to approve of, you know, all that stuff also seasonally, like if it's supposed to be a certain weather and by the time they get to film that episode, that weather is going to be like bitter cold. It could be that too. Could be actor availability. Now that they have such a ginormous cast, if one mm-hmm. actor, like one, they gotta have Gaelith, they gotta yeah. have, you know, Dougal. I yeah. mean, I think probably some of the biggest issues for actor availability are probably Graham. Graham is so freaking busy all the time, always doing something. So, yeah. um, I imagine that the bigger actors like that that are always busy, it's a lot of when their episodes are slated to film depends on when they're available to do it. So, so Roger and Buck. You know, we see that Rob abducts Jen and Mandy gets the nightmare to show their little psychic connection. Mm-hmm. I think we're still going to get that. And Roger and Buck travel back. I think we're going to see her get, come back and then Rob's there and mm-hmm. try to, you know, do his little thing. Well, obviously, we are going to get scenes after that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, So I kind of feel like 
we're going to get to, depending on whether or not we have a season eight. But I think if we do, then we're going to end with the shootout. Like this is going to be the high action thing, the shootout with the OK Corral and the finale for them. For Jane, for the Mac side, they're going to say, well, let's go back to Lolly Brock and see, you know, what we can find out. And then while they're heading there, we're going to see that we're going to like get that scene at yeah. my hope, but it is like yeah. my fantasy idea, right? you know, is that we'll get a scene where the knock, like you see the back, I could see it like this, like the back of Tobias walking up to the yeah. house, yeah. you know, knocking on the door, whatever, coming with soldiers yeah. and the door being open and Jenny like going, yes, you know, may I help you, sir. And then all of a sudden the camera's on his face and he's yeah. like, you know, I'm here. I'm the new commander for Fort William. And I uh, have something for uh, Roger McKenzie. Is he here? You know, yeah, like or right. something. And how you doing, madam? Yeah. I'm still like, and everybody will be like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and that'll open the door for that part of the story. And maybe right. they'll expand that part of the story maybe. next the next season. You know what yeah, I mean? With could. the father stuff. Right. They've been setting up the father, you know, yeah. all along with the little plane and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I do think they intend to do that story. Yeah. For sure. And I think, I mean, obviously. But not get, this season. If we get a season eight, it's no brainer. Of course, it'll be in there. Yeah. But um, mm-hmm. will we get Fiona in 1980? That's what Laura wants to know. Yeah. I don't know. Probably. I think so. Yeah. And we met Ernie. They cast him already, too. Oh, yeah, yeah we did. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I know what you're talking about. Um, I was like, wait, did we get an announcement I didn't hear about? <laughs> and I was like, oh, she's talking about <laughs> season four. Gotcha. All right. Did we cover everything? Well, yeah, and like unless you want to talk about book eight, but we already kind of talked about like that, like you said, we kind of talked about what I my two scenarios yeah. of how far we'll get in book eight, depending on if we get season eight. I think we pretty much covered everything that I think is going to be in there from from book I eight. I think so. I think yeah. we we kicked this sucker out. Yeah, and hey. we'll, we'll know more once we get episode titles <laughs> and a trailer. Then we'll be coming back and yeah. We'll do another one where actually yeah. we have more information to base our wild ass guesses on. Yes. I'm planning on doing, um, just me planning on doing breakdowns of the teaser trailer and the trailer. And then probably like a month before the season airs, we'll probably get back on here, talk about episode titles and like. And I'll be doing that as well yeah. on my page too. So, so um, uh-huh. I love doing that and doing yeah. the slow mo and mm-hmm. all that stuff. So. Yep. So I'm planning on doing that. And then, yeah, we'll get back on here right before the season airs when we have a lot more info and uh, discuss in more detail what we know is going to happen and where we think it's all going to fit in relation to each other. So it's been fun. My next live event is going to be the Emerald Brooch Book Club. That's going to be in two parts on December 10th and 17th at 2 p.m. So if you guys want to join me for those. And my not? next live is I'm doing drums, a drum yes. study of drums of autumn. And we are about to enter the whole Roger and Bree towel in the hallway mm-hmm. um, proposal like Christmas yeah. little two chapters. So we're getting a very good part. That'll be <laughs> a good part. And that'll be next Saturday. Okay. So next Saturday. What time do you know? I think I said two, it's either two thirty or three, okay. but it'll be on the Outlander Cast Clan Book Club page because that's where I do the book studies. Right. Um, so it'll be on the Outlander Cast Clan Book Club page, and there's an event in the events tab. So nice. All right, alrighty, guys. Much love, all. Thanks for joining me, Angela. It was fun as always.
always always bye bye